I think I figured it out. I figured something out. All the bullshit legal hoopla that we've seen lately. I mean, the Rittenhouse case. Big headlines dominating mainstream media, right? Maude Arbery, right? Uh, but then cases like Johnny Hurley's don't get aired. Why is that? I was asking that question. And if you look at what the legal system has become on top of itself as a substitute for a justice system, right? You know, we don't have a justice system. You know, we, have a, we have a legal system. Big difference. Not based on justice, based on the law, based on following the law, based on arbitrary words written on paper by politicians that they voted on that are somehow the, 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 whatever justification they use to uh, sleep at night, knowing what evil they have unleashed upon the world by substituting their arbitrary will of authority in the place of justice and backing up with the force of arms that is the enforcement class of, of government, of you know, cops and soldiers, and without the people willing to do violence against peaceful people, the state would cease to exist as we know it as a, as a coercive entity. And if people cease to believe that it was even a, a reasonable semblance of a source of justice, then, then it would it would cease to have that public support. Support it might it might cease to exist. People might wake up and withdraw that support, and they can't allow that to happen. And so, to me, it's it's pretty obvious. When we look at the, the the Johnny Hurley case, right? Why is the Johnny Hurley case suppressed? Because the moral of the story is government fucks up, and that it, and then it excuses itself instead of holding itself accountable. For those of you that don't know. Quick summary of the Johnny Hurley case. By the way, my my brilliant and beautiful co-host Joey is with us in studio today with some headlines and making sure that on the headline cases here of Rittenhouse, Arbery, Hurley, that we're, we're not going to miss any essential details. But Johnny Hurley case is one that we've known about for for months, and it was really only what a little more than a week ago. We talked about this last week. But it was it was relatively recently that the DA uh, in, in the case, uh, District Attorney King, announced that the officer who shot Johnny Hurley would face no legal consequences. What happened is there was a mass shooting in progress. A killer shooter set out to kill as many cops as possible, uh, which I do not support in, in any way. Uh, only in immediate self-defense. Cops should not be protected by the badge or in any special moral category. They never kill a cop. Well, no, the cop is violating basic ethics, making himself immediate. You, your right to self-defense absolutely still applies. Defense of life and limb, wearing a badge, having having a you know a uniform does not exempt you from basic ethical principles, of course. But uh, do they deserve to be murdered because they are committing unethical acts? Of course not. No. So uh, Johnny Hurley, friend of mine, I, I mean, I, I don't want to pretend like I knew him, as, a, but I, 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 I knew him personally. I knew him as a friend. I knew him as a fellow activist, uh, you know, at least as, as, a, as a member of We Are Change Colorado. And he's a concealed carry permit holder and carries concealed uh, handgun, did, and was carrying at the time of this incident. Saw this guy shoot one cop. And he went and intervened and he shot the shooter, took him out. 
cops show up on the scene and they shoot him. Got the wrong guy. So it was an accident. Reasonable doubt, you know, the reasonable mistake made. But obviously what they have carved out is a special legal privilege for cops with this case. It says, hey, if, if you shoot someone, you, you can say it was an accident and then it's not your fault. If you tried that, go go ahead, go shoot someone, and then tell go go shoot. Uh, I won't. I won't say. I I shouldn't even put those words together. Don't go shoot anybody. Never. But but you can use your imagination. Go shoot someone. I don't even want to say that, right? Uh, But if you if you can imagine that uh, if you as a private citizen, not a police officer, shot someone, and said, "Well, it was an accident. I had reasonable, you know." reason to believe that, that that they were they were someone other than they said but i didn't i i i didn't uh you know ask questions and then shoot even in this because they're the, the thing about this johnny hurley thing what it comes down to is that in the moment that johnny hurley was shot by a cop responding to the scene johnny hurley was not actively threatening anyone he wasn't even shooting the other shooter at that point it had already happened he said he was handling the shooter's ar-15 probably just taking the magazine out of it you know taking the round out and the cop maybe sees that and goes, oh, my gosh, there's the active shooter, bang. Whereas instead, even if it was an active shooter, as a responder in that situation, if it's not an immediate threat, if the shooter doesn't have a gun sighted in on someone or a skateboard he's about to hit someone with or a gun drawn he's raising and pointing at someone now again, oh, now maybe cop had a reasonable uh, mistake that he could have made here. But the district attorney said, we're not even going to have a hearing. We're going to have charges. We're not we're just going to say, you know, it's okay. Because he said he, it was a mistake. I, justice demands that that should be examined. Not, oh, hey, government screwed up. Let's sweep it under the rug. So that's why that's sort of, dear, am I missing anything for the essential details of the Johnny, Johnny Hurley case? I mean, there's so much more to it, of course. I, I, you're but, missing the fact that this is a typical thing in Colorado, cops not being brought up on charges. There's a mentally handicapped man that was shot. Of course. For well, filing well, off well, a pellet well, gun. What's special about this is that it should be fucking national, national news, news, sensational. And because, not. because your point is that, yes, those things are run-of-the-mill. You know, that cops do horrific things and are held to a different standard or not held to the standard that, that everybody else is held to. Yeah. Right. Which kind of gets us to the Rittenhouse trial by contrast. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the outrage of this, like there's a lot like I am I am a defender of St. Kyle. I think what he did was heroic. I, I refuse as Joey and I got into while we were in Vegas filming recently. I, I, I refuse to accept the the, the judgment of hero. Uh, for myself, for Kyle Rittenhouse, for anybody, because uh, you know you judge acts, judge judge actions or or characteristics maybe, but to say that someone can be a hero is to say that someone can be a villain, right? And it is it, it, it is to impose a concept of judgment on individuals and, uh, that that is contrary to reality and human nature. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to endorse that. And there's a lot of criticism of of Kyle Rittenhouse. It's fair. Um, but overall, absolutely clear right to self-defense, right? But where there, there is outrage in, 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 in the verdict. And for those of you who missed it, yeah, this was the big news. And why we went to Las Vegas and have a, a, a wonderful pile. I spent all day today, uh, five or six hours, I think, sitting right here. This is why we're doing the show from here. <laughs> and, and Ed is 
join us remotely. So I didn't uh, feel like moving to the studio tonight. But yeah, we got 13 videos. A lot of them are talking about the Rittenhouse verdict. And one of the things I realized is that a lot of people are upset, not because of the self-defense thing. They said it should have been illegal, right, for him to be there 17. They're like, well, you know, it was illegal for him to have the gun. It's like, actually, it wasn't. Like, you know, actually, under state law, federal law, like a 17-year-old armed in public with an AR is legal, right? I mean, that was... Again, and, and people were very disappointed. And someone said, well, he must have broken some law. One of the people, and it's like, yeah, yeah, because there's dozens of laws. There's hundreds of so many excessive laws. Yeah, he probably did. And that should be offensive that he didn't get held accountable sort of in a fair way. And if you're black in America, holy shit, that's got to be infuriating, right? And it's not that you wanted, It's I don't want to say that it's reasonable for a black American to say, well, I wanted Kyle Rittenhouse to be punished and go to jail. But it, 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 it should be, it is a legitimate source of outrage for, for a black American or any black American. And, you know, I, I hesitate to, ju to judge from, from afar here, but it seems to me a very reasonable uh, outrage for anybody, any black American or anybody who's sympathetic to that experience or anybody who has been unjustly treated by our legal system to think. Uh, well, this guy got off because he's white, whereas a black guy in the situation probably would have got railroaded by the court. There is a double standard there, right? So we got into a lot of that in, in our Man on the Street videos. Um, and, and as for Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, it's interesting to see how he came out and said, I support BLM. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, fuck him then, <laughs> right? Because he said that on Tucker Carlson. Uh, almost right after the, uh, the the verdict, he was he was finally able to speak a little more freely publicly. Although it seems like in this case there are going to be ongoing legal issues with liability and things that he might be facing. And who knows? Now he's got defamation suits coming, right? Of course, uh, there's 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 a great meme. Remember the kid from from DC, the uh, the Catholic school guy. Yeah. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. the media like so so misrepresented him, and he guys like he got a quarter million dollars judgment and damages from I think just from CNN mis misrepresenting that, uh, editing the video, and and it, it, the, then it's got a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse going, yeah, hold my beer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, a lot of that outrage was just that should have been illegal, even though the right to self defense was kind of recognized. Now speaking of the liability aspect of this. We just had the decision, and we we are we have a very exciting exclusive interview we're going to be airing later on the show tonight with Christopher Cantwell in the Charlottesville trial. I almost could have titled this show, and not just Rittenhouse versus Arbery versus Hurley, but versus Charlottesville versus Hurley. Charlottesville, I, I'm actually kind of surprised how little mainstream media coverage it's getting, but it is still being held up as a show trial. Right? It's been covered by NPR, it's been covered by the New York Times, it's been covered by the Washington Post. Like pretty regular as far as profile, high profile trials go, it's up there. Why? And and Ahmed Arbery, and this is where Joey, this was was when was the, the Ahmed Arbery uh decision announced? Today. Today, or right? it was pretty it was very recent. So like I'm not up on the, I have an excuse. I'm not up on the details of that. But it almost doesn't matter, right? Because this was this was like we we're we're I mean, I think as libertarians looking at this, we're generally happy with the outcomes of the two major show trials happening right now, right? Or that, that, that were just decided 
Um, the the Rittenhouse case, like, yeah, not uh, in terms of the big charges, you should have been found not guilty. In terms of the small charges, nobody should be found guilty, even if technically he was in violation of who knows what laws. And and I'm not saying state lines or weapons charges or the misdemeanor that the judge dismissed. I, I don't really care about that. It's all it's all petty victimless crime shit, right? Uh, in, in the Arbery case, uh, the the killers were found guilty, and they should have been. Absolutely. And so what, what, we're, what we're given, though, so, and, and then Charlottesville, to Charlottesville, right? Uh, and, and we're going to hear from Christopher Cantwell the breakdown. It's very complicated. So for those of you who don't know, we're talking about the Unite the Right rally in 2017 when they, they marched, you know, tiki torches, Jews will not replace us, all that. And this is now, and, and then a woman was killed by a vehicular manslaughter attack. And now this civil trial that was just decided by the jury is, is, is finally reached one point of being played out, but it was holding the organizers liable. And, 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 and the guy who was driving the car who, convict, who committed the actual vehicular homicide, they were charged, don't, they, don't worry. But he's, he's in jail for life and he's not like making any money. So it's, it's kind of symbolic. And that's what led me to this sort of epiphany, right? So I got to figure it out. Bread and circuses. And oh wow, Adam, you're a genius. You figured out that it's bread. But there's a certain amount of uh like where where even I want to say as a libertarian, okay, these these outcomes are sort of just. Right? I think I think actually the greatest miscarriage of justice here is the the Charlottesville trial. And we're gonna get into that uh pretty heavy uh in tonight's show. We're gonna hear the 15-minute jail interview i just did like an hour before we got on the air here uh with christopher cantwell from jail giving the breakdown of his loss because there were six counts uh in the charlottesville civil trial of liability for the organizers and there were the for one and two big conspiracy counts uh and then five and six which were the actual like damages of the vehicular manslaughter counts um and they said we they, there was no decision on the bigger conspiracy counts but there was, uh, and there was a clear decision on the video manslaughter and Fields, James Fields, I think uh, the guy who, who committed that, uh, wasn't contesting that. And you'll hear again, great explanation from Cantwell legally as to why that was his position. Uh, but as to the organizers, did they bear any liability, right? And, and we, we cover this story or have been covering the story as a sort of free speech interest to the extent that uh, people like Christopher Cantwell, uh, Kessler, the the defendants in this case, all the, the various Unite the Right organizers, uh, to the extent that they're defending legitimate freedom of speech, they have a right to, to say horrific things. And even you have a right to inspire other people to do horrific things, right? At what point is it conspiracy? At what point are you contributing? Are you actively a part of that, that effort? And I think in this case, there's a pretty clear separation where there was, and, and Cantwell makes the case very convincingly, but they made this judgment against him for where he's on the hook for some silly amount that they're never going to be able to collect on or enforce. And, and I saw that and I was like, you know what, it's, it's symbolic distractions where the, the, the moral of the story is government works. And this is where we should fight for justice. 
that we should turn to government, we should turn to the courts, and we can expect justice from government. And as we know, nothing could be further from the truth. So before I before I wrap this up, Joey, am I am I missing anything about these cases that that, that we have to consider to make this point that 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 the, the, the high profile cases like this have, have a become a case that is not high profile and should be, but no, not missing anything on the. Report. Well, there are a ton of those. There's that's the thing. There's tons of those. Well, yeah, right. The, the media, media cherry picks. The store, the, the the cases that bolster they, the general. They cherry pick narrative. what part of the case they want to talk about too. If somebody gets acquitted of certain charges but not of other charges, you'll see media headlines that oh, not guilty, but they don't tell you the person's still facing thirty right, years. Right, right, yeah. There's some other BS ancillary yeah. law that they broke because they couldn't get the big charges, so they had to nail them on something else. They're still going to destroy their lives no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is this is a this is a boring epiphany, but it's like the real lesson once again is fuck the mainstream media because they are manipulating us into divisive stories. They are device dividing us so that we can be conquered, so that we act like children turning to government as the great parent arbiter of fairness and justice, and maintaining that illusion is destructive to justice to the extent that we know that system exists contrary to that, contradictory to justice. And so it is all the more important, therefore, that we seek independent sources, that we create our own feeds. And again, getting off social media, I'm, I'm going to say I'm a big fan of Telegram. You know, uh, I've been really enjoying having my feed there. I, I've, I haven't been on Facebook for a long time. I, I use Twitter you know, in a conscientious way, you know, limited to engaging with people. Uh, we post videos on Odyssey, but, you know, America, you really want to learn the lesson of this. Stop letting these assholes lead you around by the feels and the bullshit and the lies and, and think for yourself. And with that, welcome to Adam versus the man. We got a packed show. I think I've teased enough of it so far, but yeah. We've got some travel updates. We had have, we have fun with uh, with our recent trip to Las Vegas. We got a trip to Utah coming up. We'll get to talking about that. We got two videos we're gonna uh, show tonight. One is already posted, but I think it's I think it's worth the breakdown. The, the Kyle Rittenhouse video uh, that we can come together over this, uh, and and that that free thinking people outside of social media bubbles, outside of mainstream media manipulation, can go. Yeah, there's a lot of partisan manipulation tied into this. We've got an update with Homefront Battle Buddies, although it's more like we've been doing some very interesting planning. We've been doing some good hours, and the hole got bigger. Uh, but Ed Vallejo, our ombudsman and Homefront Battle Buddies program director, is uh, joining us from Phoenix tonight, and he will we will bring him on in uh, in a few segments for the Homefront Battle Buddies update, and then of course ombudsman segment at the end. We've got this 15 minutes of Christopher Cantwell explaining the, the decision in uh, in the Charlottesville trial. Very interesting. Um, we might have Jay Nygaard joining us tonight. Oh, geez, I got to pull up my, my telegram. Um, Jay Nygaard, the turbine guy, because we got the turbine installed. Finally, finally. <laughs> Very exciting. And it's, it's spinning right now. This show, right now, this is Adam versus the man, brought to you by 
the wind, the wind, powered by the wind, brought to you by the winds of Ashford, the mountains of Arizona. Uh, so if we hear from Jay, hopefully we'll be able to get, uh, we'll get Jay on. Um, uh, yeah, okay, so we have both videos. Hey, that's awesome. So yes, uh, James, uh, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Freedom in uh, Phoenix, figure that out. So we got, it, we got three videos actually we're going to show during tonight's podcast. Gonna be kind of chill for us to watch the videos. We got really good content. We got the, the wind turbine update. We've got um, the the COVID bringing people together. And and dear, you know, we're premiering tonight. That? Is uh, you know, and I wonder if I almost didn't want to title it this, but uh, because I call I called this 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 woman child. She's fourteen. I really don't know. Like the. I want I want to respect and encourage adulthood <laughs> and adulting. That you know if you're 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 a woman at fourteen, uh, if you're if you're acting like it. She was an adult. She I mean barely. I would say young adult. I I don't know from 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 if, if I'm judging by presence of mind, you know and and it, just, is that fair? I mean young like barely like she's fourteen, and and I don't want to say that I'm trying to come up with an arbitrary age. Because a lot of our interviews to, uh, the, from from yesterday were like taking apart the well, he's seventeen, you know, kind of bullshit. Well, well, so what? Is, I mean, you're twenty one. Do you can, can you handle a gun safely? Because I don't want you to. I don't want you to have a gun. I'd rather have a trained seventeen year old armed than have you armed, you know. Uh, but I, the the title of the video is when an innocent child realizes government is dishonest. Hashtag COVID. It's so powerful. You'll get to decide for yourselves. We will be taking callers later tonight as well, getting into some other headlines. But with that, let's get uh, let's get Jim up here for producer notes. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're uh, enjoying the show. We only got a few people uh, interacting in the comments. Uh, Joel Swindler on Facebook said, "Wait, you're still free." So I think I don't know when the last time he saw me was, but <laughs> free. Wait, am I still free? Is that like like and I'm not in jail? Yeah, like the last last video he saw of yours was when you were going to jail for something or something, maybe. Oh the uh <laughs> no, that was that was funny. Being escorted out of the gym by cops like and not getting arrested. Weak. The funny yeah, thing yeah. is like, I did have a like good thing they didn't search me. <laughs> Uh, they didn't have the grounds to. Yeah, well, I did. I did. I did sort of smoothly, like sidestep, really interacting with the cops in that one. But yeah, if you want to check that out, go back. I'm doing Jim's job. Go back to Odyssey, Odyssey.com/slash/at Adam Kokesh. Scroll back to uh, to Veterans Day. It was Veterans Day uh, that happened. I was about to advertise how it shows how we're live on Odyssey. So they may be very well even watching on Odyssey. If they are, they should they should have probably already seen this video. But these are all the plentiful great videos you've got recently on Odyssey that you should definitely uh, definitely be backlogging yourself and telling your friends about everybody that you know loved the Jefferson video and all those other old videos that they haven't seen Adam since. Remind your friends that Adam is doing regular shit again and you're gonna love it so bring them to it and also one more thing is the telegram that he's been talking about that he loves so much you hear the host of the show you love talking about how much he loves 
this right here at the bottom. So definitely get yourself connected to that and you'll be more connected to this guy. And that'll be awesome. You'll love it. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man is how you can financially support the show if you chose to do so. Uh, all help is welcome and we love everyone regardless, but uh, certain amounts get you into the producers club which is a private, uh, we haven't been talking about the producers club much, but that still exists and it's still growing and it's still fun. It's a law. It's a engaged conversation, uh, of a bunch of like-minded individuals. And every once in a while, you know, there's some, uh, some, some, I don't want to even want to call it debates, just, uh, back and forth, you know, whatever. It, it, it really Challenge. is the behind the scenes Adam versus the man editorial team. Even if I'm not like engaging in there all the time, like that's like, that's the one part of my feed when people share news stories, like if you pay me $10 a month and you're in my Patreon and then you're in the producer's club, you want me to look at stories? I'll look at all your stories. That's where I, I genuinely make sure that I keep up with people who support the show. But it's also, like you said, it's a really cool conversation that I enjoy observing and keeping up with. And I find it as like the, the you know, editorial discussion behind this podcast in my worldview. And I, I love it. I really love all, every, all of our producer club members in the conversation that we have going. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Excellent. Yep. I was actually uh, halfway through the video on Odyssey of that when you were talking about with that 14-year-old girl. I was like, oh, my God, is that? That <laughs> <laughs> was crazy. I haven't got all the way through it, though, yet. So we'll have to do that. That's all I got for producer notes. Uh, we got a real great show. All right. I well, great, I got all the videos. We, let's, get, let's get Ed up here with Jim and... Gee, I'm Mary Jane in studio because we have to celebrate with Snoop Dogg the fact that we have upped our cannabis consumption game. So have we? Yeah, I am. I am super psyched about this. And by upping it, we kind of backed it up in a way, which I find ironic. Yeah. Well, how do you want to explain, uh, Joey? You're you're the kind. Of, thank you to our anonymous friend, who um, I mean, we're we're I, I don't know. I I'm I'm comfortable saying. We are buying cannabis from on the, the grain market, market direct from the producer. And and most importantly, we are we are engaging in I mean, we could make it legal if we wanted to like bullshit about well, we just gave him money and he just gave us a gift of cannabis, you know, or stupid shit like that. But no, we're we're we're, we're breaking the law. No. Or no, 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 no. regulations, right? We're happy to civil disobedience. We're not. We're not. We're not breaking the law because the law is stupid. And they <laughs> break the law is so that Great. if your mouth knows what to say, you're not breaking the law. But if your mouth doesn't know what to say, then you are breaking the law. And no, we are contributing to the upkeep of a private farmer's overhead. And in exchange, we got an awesome sampling of the flower that they grow within those farms. I, no, I, I didn't buy any contributed to this grow. All right. Your your rhetorical interpretation is, is duly noted and super respected, of course, as, as you know, dear. Uh, but I would also like to share that you could you could look at what we did and say that we we sidestepped the law. We could uh, we, we did, we did break the law by that, day, yeah, right? by that interpretation. Well, <laughs> there was there was probably some crossing of, of state lines and county lines and, might have been. and, and, and use of currencies. Uh, and, wait, I and, used the teleporter. Conspiracy and, I didn't cross any lines. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but we managed to, let's just say, we managed to acquire... Um, Wonderfully a, a, homegrown organic, a, a, pesticide-free. Yeah, we... 
we we did the Costco cannabis thing, right? Yeah. Well, except without the taxes of and membership bullshit of Costco. Sure. No, 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 yeah, we, no. We, we, we did pay our membership fee. <laughs> That's how we did it. That's all we paid for that membership. Well, no, but the point is, we I I, I want to say we bought quantity, but I don't want to I don't want like this is this this would actually ping the you know, legal scrutiny and enforcement because we're not talking about quantity to resell, but but what we we're talking about is like a three month supply. For for me and Joey and and uh, you know why is Ed coverage Ed's like he don't know why you're telling people this. Don't worry, Ed, we yeah. won't mention your name. I think so. Uh, Ed has nothing to do with it, uh, of course. Um, but that we 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 bought in, in with, with the foresight and the effort to avoid going to a dispensary and paying taxes. And 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 cutting out some economic inefficiencies tax that are mandated by the state. Um, so petty tax evasion, if you want to categorize it as a, a, a collection of crimes that we committed recently in doing we're, this, we're Ed's having a heart attack. Yeah. Well, right. that's because he got visited by the FBI relatively recently. And it's been a while. I'm like, I'm still. They might visit my, again after this. Episode. I'm still waiting for my. Well, I can't. I Nothing. <laughs> well, they, they asked me a question, so I can count it as, as my annual FBI visit. It's like you know, <laughs> colonoscopy. It's like the most intricate right? way I've uh, ever heard anybody done. say that. I bought a lot of weed. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't a lot. I wanna I wanna put that in scale. No, like, it's not it a was, lot. It like... was it was in the scope of three months of personal use quantity. But in terms of how much let how much we're not paying in taxes by doing it this way, and and really we could say that, and I, I do kind of like Joey's interpretation that you know this really isn't illegal. Even I, I mean I think we're within the realm of what's legal for possession recreationally in Arizona. Absolutely. Even like it's pretty small scale. It's really just conscious consumerism. You know we we've also the uh, government bought hates that though Adam we know this well they one of the purchase that. that's why they they label it like, I just consumerism falls yeah. into those illegal lines right crosses Good. into them every well this time. is like you know, harvest your own rainwater make your own electricity cut your own firewood grow your own food you know like just and it's it's not because I don't believe in specialization of labor it's not because I don't believe in, in trade and commerce and an in interdependent society. But when so many of those mechanisms have become so taken over by government and dominated by taxes and cannabis sales through dispensaries are a current horrific example of that, where it's like, fuck, you get out the door for $140 for an ounce. And it's like, yay. But then you go, wait a minute. The ounce is only 80 bucks. The extra money I paid went directly to the government. Plus, my $80 ounce probably could have been 30 if it weren't for the fact that this grower is paying all this overhead and regulatory and fees how to much, the government. It hurts you. Even it how much hurts. of that? Well, how much of that $80 that you count in that transaction as the base price is actually already compounded by taxes exactly. and regulations and compliance costs that's, that's every step along the way with overhead. Growing, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what you've got to operate in a space that's like 400% more expensive to operate in than in high-end clothing market. What, like, what have like I been saying? Avenues paying less taxes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what, what have I been saying for the last like two or three years or maybe the last year? What should cannabis cost? You've heard me give 20 bucks an ounce. Right. 
What's the and no lie, it should cost less than that. If an ounce of tobacco costs average market price, cost country, right? Loose tobacco, anywhere from four to ten dollars. But I'm gonna brag. We got close to that. Four to ten dollars. We didn't get close. I'm to gonna that. tell people four to ten dollars an ounce. And if you ask anybody who knows anything about farming, tobacco is really, really, really fucking hard to grow. Like ten times harder to grow than cannabis. It's not something you can just prop up in your. You can grow it, but the process, drying it. There's a cure process. There's a bake process. It's insane. It's it's an art doing tobacco versus cannabis. And please, my grower friends, don't. Don't take <laughs> the wrong way. This is a relative resource. But relatively, yeah. way harder to grow tobacco than cannabis. And even with all the tobacco syntax, I can still get a four dollar ounce of tobacco anywhere in the country. Well, not anywhere. Some some four dollar ounce. Hard. Some state no. in Mississippi, I had to go to a yeah. Absolutely. Hold on, your couch of American spirit or bugler is actually. It's about how many ounces? It's it's or over a little half over half an ounce. Half an and it's about four bucks. That's why I say anywhere from four mm, to ten. Yeah. Now in Mississippi, I went to the specialty tobacco store. I actually got to pick my behind the guy's head, just like at a dispensary. And they gave it to me in a baggie, just like they give you your weed. That was four bucks. Well, here's here's my point, Joey. And this is the last that we're gonna wrap up this segment and celebrate with Snoop Dogg. Because, yeah, and then a story because, maybe after that. Because speaking of overtaxation in the market, there is something huge going on. Finally, somebody's pushing back against that, and not somebody like me or you, average, you know, Joe and Jane and cannabis smokers. An I don't industry, know the story. An industry is cool. pushing back. All right, so. The last point here, and I'm I am going to brag about this with the quantity we were able to buy out. I'm not going to say the total amount of dollars or ounces or whatever, um, but we got we got it down to thirty three dollars and thirty three cents an ounce. Yeah, that works. See how? Yeah. See how? You think about a credit, and, and that's buying Costco sort of bulk, you know, not with our membership boutique, right? Uh, yeah. Cannabis selection, but I'm really happy with what we got. Absolutely. And at that price, you go hundred. We we were like, and were, no, no underage or indentured servants were <laughs> harmed in the making of this cannabis. Two weeks ago, I promise you, this was fair trade, organic. <laughs> yeah, we know the source better than you do from a dispensary. Actually, the way that we purchased. Yeah, it. I know that the uh, person is not mistreating any of their employees. I don't even know that about my dispensary. But we went from. Like, I don't. <laughs> we went from. Being really excited when we could find like $120 per ounce to $33.33. Okay. I'm not going to say it feels like the good right. all day. You just, no, not to hold on, Adam. I got to address this really quick as somebody in the comments right. as well because you say keep saying 33 33 and i don't know if you know this but that's a a, a target number for not basically to some people you're now a white supremacist you, yeah, I don't know oh god like the, this symbol or whatever wait, they're wait, gonna say i did it too they're gonna say that's two people on the show they're like that i swear to god i'm telling you it right came now. out to a hundred dollars for three ounces no, because you divide hundred dollars. Right, thirty-three, thirty-four. How about that? Word, that, that because work? you said the word thirty-three. This guy Joel wants to. What the fuck does thirty-three mean? Why thirty-three? Yeah, Adam? I'm with you, Joel. And I've heard. I mean, we. Why Joel? Crazy. Because that's what the math said. Added up to that's right. Yeah, basic yeah. division. Don't read too far into it, Joel. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's For fuck's funny. sake. Anyways, yeah. Smoke, no, Joel. Push my button. Yeah, Joel needs to.
Oh, can I tell you something else? Can I tell you something else that's funny? It's totally side note to everything that's going on with the show, and I think it's just hilarious. I got a notification from YouTube the other day on my YouTube, Jim Freedom's YouTube, when I used to every once in a while stream it to my YouTube too, the show. Adam versus a man number five hundred and six just got me a a, a, a community strike. For, for medical misinformation. For medical misinformation. That, I shit you not. Over a hundred episodes ago, just got me a strike on my YouTube for medical misinformation. I was laughing just, my ass off. It was hilarious. We just got one on your Facebook page, Adam. Um, the Tour de France actually made the complaint on your video that we yeah, covered literally two minutes of something that happened oh because we used the footage of that that accident yeah yeah that's right i saved and forgot what it was so but the actual tour de france people was like, no we need to stop this <laughs> yeah. guy Zuck, go get him and made it it's an ip viol as an intellectual property violation yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I, I, I rebutted that one or whatever appealed right it on fair use and they they uh released it or whatever yeah that's that's what i'm going with we'll see I mean, I, I honestly, guys, and if, if people are still following Adam on social media, I don't know if it's just on the big social media. We don't look at it that much. You've got to find us yeah, on Telegram. I, I, I don't see these yeah, tele, like yeah, see. once a week. That's it. And and just to share the show is the only reason we're even messing with these big social media entities. Anymore. We're, we're still so hoping for, you know, volunteers. If anybody wants to step up and do show promotion, I think we've got a pretty solid formula now doing the clips from the show. I hope you all enjoyed that last week. I had fun taking three clips out of the show with the callers, the Battle Buddies update. We're going to do that every week as a clip. The opening monologues usually will get clipped out um, so that you can share clips from the show. Uh, Man on the Street slash other features. I'm, I think I'm doing a pretty good job now and, and happy to maintain this commitment to you all that you're going to have you know, eight fresh videos every week on top of this live show Wednesday. But Monday... Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. They do it like that. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Because uh, Wednesday's this show. Although today we did it, we did that. We did one special. Cause I gotta get, I gotta get that Rittenhouse feature out. That was too cool. Uh, Rittenhouse bringing people together. We're gonna, we're gonna hear that in a few minutes here. Um, but if if you want to help promote or organize, you know, get us on these other platforms. Big shout out to Gray. Uh, who identifies by various anonymous means, but Gray in the Producers Club and the Adam vs. the Man Chat, who started the Captain Freebeard Pirate YouTube channel. Arr. Like so, there's I don't like I don't know how long it's gonna last. He's got a huge archive of my videos that like mirrored on another YouTube channel, and I think just it, he representing his effort as the uh, the captain to the he's he's like my pirate alter ego. Uh, getting our videos out on the platforms. That's really important, but I, I, it's important to also maintain the pirate mentality of like, we, we go and free slaves from slave ships. You know, what are we stealing as pirates? You know, what were the, what were the great empires of the, the golden age of piracy shipping back and forth across the Atlantic Ocean? It was, it was slaves going, you know, from Africa, north and west. And it was stolen gold from, from the Aztecs and wealth from the natives going east back to Europe. 
So they were stealing stolen goods and stealing people and liberating them. So, you know, it, what, how do we you know, think of that today is when we go into these other platforms, I, I hope you maintain that mentality of detachment. And for me as a content creator, I, I am so grateful and I'm so much happier and comfortable at home, at least psychologically feeling comfortable not having to fight this or think about this or the IP stuff with Telegram and Odyssey right now. Telegram and Odyssey. Like I'm, I'm enjoying Twitter, but I don't, I don't, I try not to be too invested in it. But uh, I hope you will help us rebuild. That's the point of all this. Like we went from a quarter million on YouTube, and and now all the ways that we're facing challenges, and and basically rebuilding from scratch on Odyssey and Telegram. And it's 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 slow, and it it feels good. It's building, it's it's exponential. It's it's a steady growth curve. It's enough that I feel motivated to maintain this production schedule. But man, so yeah, we were like five. Oh, we're about to be at five hundred followers on Telegram. I was like, man, back when I was allowed to play on the on the big stage, I had a quarter million subs that actually meant something on YouTube. But we're getting there, and it feels good. So thanks for being a part of this journey with us. Uh, do, while we got Eddie, let's do the quick Battle Buddies update. Ed, what, what do we have to report on for the last week? Um, very little. I mean, you were out of town for a short bit of time, and Scotty did some work on the hole, got some some of the area cleared away. Um, we're still looking for a truck out there. If anybody has a, a truck, large truck or something, that we can use to move tires, that would be yeah. really nice. We've got a large uh, donation of tar tires in uh, Chino Valley that we need to transport up to the uh, construction site. Uh, I'm scheduled pretty soon here to uh, take on a couple of classes here in Phoenix, and I'm going to be here in Phoenix on the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th for the Crossroads of the West Gun Show. It's the largest mm -hmm. gun show in the United States. And it's here in Phoenix in December. It's got a three-day show. Should be a lot of people there. I'm going to be out there passing out a lot of a lot of our our handouts and our our stickers. Talking to a lot of people. I know I've got a couple of doors to knock on on Friday of some of the people down here in Phoenix that I do want to make make some networking with. And uh, other than that, that's about all I have to report for Homefront Battle Buddies. Yeah, no, thank you for putting that front and center. We really need help getting these tires moved as soon as possible. We need uh, one or two volunteers, able to uh, able-bodied able folks, able to throw tires around for a day, like full-size pickup truck tires, and sort even some bigger tires that are in that pile that we're not bringing up here. And we need to borrow a box truck or a big trailer. It'd be really be a, a huge value right now for us to move a lot of Ed's building materials up here uh, from Winslow to do some some scavenging and some some upcycling, collecting of building materials for Butler Hall for the gym that we're building. Uh, but really urgently, um, I mean, we might just start calling for a bunch of people to meet us there with pickup trucks and run back and forth. I hate to waste the gas on that, but maybe we'll throw a party and we'll be like, anybody, you just have to stop at Sergio's tires on your way up to the party, and then you can have all the weed you can smoke. 
right? And maybe we'll do something like that. But that's kind of like always on the table here, one way or another, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. So with that, um, we'll, do, we'll do one news story, Joey. You had one. You had one that was burning a hole in your pocket. Um, get these two fellas off the screen, Joey. What's what's your news story before we get to uh, to our, our? I don't know what we want to do next. But um, go ahead. You don't know what you want to do. I don't know. There's so many, so many good things. Look, okay, so I read this story on uh, the redheaded black belt, which is actually a a like the private blog site that I ran across. Um, for those of you who don't know, Platoon 420, we, we report the news from the perspective of the victim. So I spend a lot of time in the morning just digging through all these different drug stories, drug war stories. Um, and I like these people. It, it, they write specifically about news in the Emerald Triangle. Emerald Triangle is this nice little area in California that used to be the weed capital of the world. However, now it's um, the raid capital of the world and people die up there and the cops don't care. And then the cops kill people and then everybody blames it on the weed and, and Sasquatch and things. Um, but this story just... It made me go, oh my God, out loud in the middle of, of your work this morning. Yeah, and so right, like, right, I, right. I couldn't I couldn't even contain myself. Flow Canna CEO threatens to withhold cannabis taxes to the state if significant if significant change isn't made to help the struggling cannabis industry. And I'm just I'm elated by reading this kickback from a a pretty major grower. Flow Canna has stores not just in California, but they they market all over the place where they can. Um, do you want me to read some of this? Is this? Yeah, go for yeah? it. Yeah. Uh, Michael Steinwitz, CEO and founder of Flow Canna, penned an op-ed article on Medium after the state announced both a tax surplus and increase in cultivation tax, threatening to withhold taxes and urging other cannabis cultivators to do the same. While true that the increase in cultivation tax is required by Prop 64 to account for inflation, what the writers of the proposition failed to take into account was that the inflation could rise while cannabis prices could fall precipitously. I don't like that word. I pronounced it wrong, didn't I? At the same time. No, precipitously. Precipitously. That's correct. I like it. I did good. Thanks, Beast. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time that the state brings in record high cannabis tax revenue, the California cannabis industry struggles with decreasing profits and rising taxes. Steinwitz threatened to withhold tax payment to the state in an escrow account if Governor Newsom mm. and state lawmakers do not step in to make real actionable change mm. and encourage others to also withhold their taxes. So basically, like I said, it costs like 200 to 300% more to operate a cannabis dispensary than it does a high-end New York, you know, clothing boutique. Uh, Mr. Steinwitz is not cool with it. And he's finally stepping out. And I'm really curious to see where this goes. Like, this is an awesome act of activism from a dispensary owner. So yeah, kudos to you. But is he going to get flushed out? Like, you know, in in any other big corporate business, you have your Walmarts, your Targets. If you had another big store that decided to kind of go against the grain of Walmart and Target, I'm pretty sure you'd see them just disappear and kind of go out of business. And I really hope that's not what happens. I hope that the community gets behind Flow Canna. I hope at least the local media gets behind them so they can make some sort of fuss about this. But yeah, you, you've got states that even though you're paying so much more in taxes and every federal bill on the floor sees to tax those industries even more. So you want to know why cannabis 
companies are against federal legalization because it's not the right bill. They 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 want and there's more extortion in there for them. They they don't want that. I don't want that. You shouldn't want that. They shouldn't be putting a gun to these people's heads in exchange for legalization, saying we won't send the DEA after you. So I'm really curious to see where this goes. But Prop 64 just kind of went into effect. And that's right now in California, uh, you can only grow 12 plants. But if you grow over that number, it's only a misdemeanor charge. And that doesn't matter whether it's 13 plants or 13,000 plants. And you can only get a $500 fine for it. So that's a lot more freedom for California. Yeah. Sort of. But they can still come in and rage you. Yeah. They can still destroy everything you spent all your money and, and worked and all your hard time. They can still come in and destroy all that. and You have no recourse in getting it back. Uh, but they can't throw you in a cage. And that's that's a positive step forward, I think. So I want to connect this to like our bigger theme of leave Babylon right now. And I, I, as you were saying, it occurred to me like we're pirates leaving Babylon. But it's like, wait, no, we're pirates versus the crown. Wait, when we cosplay as versus what? Wait, who? Uh, no. Uh, but <laughs> when, yes. when, when it's like leaving, you know, wait, are we the Jews versus Babylon? Like, we are the Jews. Jews will, the Jews will not replace us. Ah, fuck yes, we will. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think we want to go that way. With this. We're not like, going no, there. No, the, like, the Pirates <laughs> makes for a way better name for a baseball team than the Jews. Gypsy That's why Pirates. there is no baseball team called the Jews. There is a baseball team called oh, Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates. So, uh, but anyway. The Redskins. No, wait. No, it's just no, 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 quality of life with minimal effort input that a lot of people are more comfortable taking a stand right now. So, you know what? Like, yeah. So when you weigh out your choices, like, no, it, accepting and laying down is no longer more comfortable. Like sometimes get along. So there's a pre-industrial. You know, go along to get along makes sense because if you can keep your bills paid and your right, family, right, right. Not, so that's in, not what we live in. In the pre-industrial period, where people were mostly self-sufficient, most humans on earth, or at least local communities, families, whatever, tribes were responsible for their own food, right? At that point, not only were we less productive and less motive to make people submit, but it was easier for us to say, well, fuck it, we're not gonna pay taxes. We don't need any, we don't, we can sit throw my own shit. Okay. Yeah. We'll be fine over here. You guys do that right? over there. And I'm not saying this is, I'm not saying that the general trend of, of getting more peaceful and less force over time is, is somehow like ebbing and flowing. But then you consider the Industrial Revolution separated us from that. There, 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 there was an actual uh, nature of technology inherent to the Industrial Revolution that separated humanity from nature just in a practical way with our food source and made us more dependent on distant sources. Now it is, it is developed so far in the opposite direction that, you know, we, we can be like, well, as homesteaders, you know, and as people with just like a bunch of boxes of MREs, we can still say fuck the system. And if we have to be independent, we will be. And it's not, it's not the same, but we have, 
in a sense, a much greater ability and capability of doing that. Is it the and, same or better? You know, and that's, oh, it's that's definitely better. Ask. Look, this article goes on to explain that the cultivation tax in California, drumroll, they have to pay $154.40 per pound of cannabis to the state. Per pound of cannabis, $154. That's that's, that's rolled into that $80 you described earlier. Like the base price of dispensary cannabis in Arizona, which is even higher in California. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. That's not. So the people no, behind. That's extortion. We're going to get them on the show. Are, we're going to have them confident enough. It's not their livelihoods on the line. I mean, it's like the gym owners and, you know. If I were Flocana, you sit back after your first year and you do your books and at some point you're like, fuck, the gamble's cheaper than this. Why am I even, why am I even You're not going to starve. Like, it's, it's not, you're not dependent on Babylon anymore. Anyway, I, I, I think a lot of the videos we recorded yesterday really got to that in a powerful way. And we're going to get a taste of that tonight. Uh, one thing we forgot, little promo update, is that we are going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah, December 4th. Is it 4th? Yes, that's Saturday. Wait. Look up Utah Libertarian Party if you can be if you can be in Salt Lake City. Uh, it's December 4th. Yeah, it's a Saturday. 50th anniversary Libertarian Party celebration. I'm really looking forward to giving that speech. Uh, and uh, we will be doing more Man on the Street videos. And actually, I... We're, we're we got tons of videos in the hopper right now. What are we doing on Friday? Friday. Talk about Friday. Well, I don't want to, Joey. I don't want to take the time to spoil our surprise okay. for Friday uh, that we might be doing. Because, but, but I do want to say we might be doing man on the street videos. And I say might because we might have something better that comes up. It's more fun. Uh, okay. Probably both. But if you go back, geez, it was what like eight or nine years ago. I did a man on the street video montage in, of, of interviewing people how to how to find happiness uh how to buy happiness at walmart on black friday and as just a critical examination of, of consumers in the united states i think doing an updated version of that during covid um and really talking about how covid has affected people's economic and you know prospects right now might be a very worthwhile uh take for man on the street videos Found it. Um, we don't need to play that now. But yeah, if you, well, but you it's go in back. the producers. Club. Oh, it's in the producers. Put put it in the public channel too. Just it's just on YouTube, right? Uh, yeah, this is back when I was all black and yellow. Like, man, I look so young and sharp there too. You I still have that jacket. It's really wonderful, like a construction jacket. I think I have a fresh one like that. But yeah, the, with the trim beard, and the matching hat, and all the black and yellow. There, it's very sharp looking. Very sharp. Although I like I like the black and white. Tonight, just so everybody knows, obviously we're doing the show from the cabin. A little cozier tonight. You, as you can you hear that in the background? We've got a fire crackling in the wood stove. Joey's in a tank top. I'm in a t-shirt. And it is like, it is freezing tonight. It is freezing tonight in the mountains it's of Arizona. Cold like literally, like literally it's getting, it's getting below. We're going to get below freezing tonight. Below freezing. So. It's, um, uh, it's, it's not winter, but it's. It's fucking winter. Well, we have some videos to get through tonight. Let's start with the wind turbine video. Jim, yeah. roll tape. Jim's like, wait, you didn't tell me what order we were doing this shit in. Yeah, Jim, the wind turbine video. He's got that line. He's got it. Oh, man. Just play. 
what this video is going to actually look like. <laughs> really relatively boring. I mean, I get to strip the three wires going into the house that I've spent the last day working on getting all set up with the charge controllers specially designed for this type of uh, wind generator and this thing's been sitting here for months but it's dark enough now the, the sun is low enough we have little enough sunlight that it's like yeah I can't put this project off any longer but this wing nut holding the wires together essentially has them magnet braked against each other so like the big moment is that blah, and then it doesn't matter but one at a time just kind of neatly wing nut these three together and if anything it should be kind of anti-dramatic as we've played with this before I just leave the left the three wires disconnected and with a little breeze it very quickly gets up to quite dramatically fast but if anything now that it's generating power it'll be a, oops, a little bit slower than that even so but hey, you can see it's spinning right now. It's fancy. And with one more wing nut now, it will actually be generating power. So we're gonna go turn on the big screen TV and the fridge at the same time. Shit, yeah. And for our general endeavors of being off grid for energy, you know, we've already been very practically on a survival basis off-grid for energy just with the solar here for like pretty much since we got here and then moving to this cabin we took our sort of well that, that oh, oh, oh there, there, there it is uh, uh, we took our solar system off the shipping container workshop area to put in the cabin to begin and, and it was functional right away with the interior electric which we learned how to do here for the first time which is pretty fun and I'd like to kind of beef up the system, and thanks to Jay Nygaard, the solar guy, who's been a great friend of Adam versus the man, giving us a wonderful work trade on this uh, this really cool wind turbine. We now have three input sources of energy for the electric system for the cabin. We have the wind, we have the solar on the roof, and we have the generator as a backup if we need it. But even just having two sources that are, you know, sustainable, natural, sun and wind, sun and wind energy, and it's, it's pretty amazing. The reason this, this cable is loose, just so everybody knows, this is not how it's supposed to be in the end. And the reason this wind turbine is a little bit off the cabin, obviously, there's going to be a big carport here, which is also going to be, you guessed it, yeah, you guessed it, didn't you, giant water collection surface. So along with, of course, the roof of the cabin, the carport will, you know, increase that, you know, and be like another, about as big as the cabin, plus 50%, maybe 200%. So we'll have, just with the cabin, more than enough in this climate, 
even relatively dry Arizona mountains where I fucking love it. And it's always gorgeous. More than enough rain to support two people, plus four dogs <laughs> and a little garden, and you know more, you know, and, and uh, at least you know comfortable, normal shower bath use and, and cooking and all that. And uh, yeah, so one more big step along the way there. Say goodbye to Babylon. Well, excuse me, Mr. Nygaard, for calling you the uh, the solar guy. I meant to say the turbine guy. He dabbles. But he's, he's really the gogreenenergyonline.com guy. And uh, we still owe him promotion as part of the work trade for that winter run. So happy to mention him. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, he's he's been um, very helpful as we've been putting this in. or finally getting it wired up. And helping figure out a bunch of other stuff with the solar power systems here and upgrading uh, and getting rid of this. This I don't even want to mention the brand, but the brand of inverter that it has the terrible alarm Awful. that never goes off. Awful. Um, yeah, it is It is really horrifically impractical. Um, you should mention the name so people don't get stuck buying that. I'm just going to keep leaving nasty questions for them on all their Amazon items. Like, how come your alarms don't have off switches? How come your inverter suck? Uh, anyway, that was that's the fan. It, 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 they heat up, and um, sure. I'm not I'm not I'm not too happy with this last inverter. So I'm looking for an upgrade, and then putting that one on the kitchen where it won't wake up anybody in the middle of the night if the fridge kills the batteries or something. But we'll be checking this out later tonight with the big screen TV because we got we got a breeze, and it's kind of cool. See that, that we can charge at night. We do. Turbine. It is windy, and they are calling for 32 and little wind emoji guys tonight. So, yeah. Oh, so, so we should thing. get some. It'd be interesting. Some good TV time. <laughs> yeah, well, I really need to up the battery bank. But between even the winter sun and the, the winter wind, we're going to have plenty of power input here. Anyway, last thing before we get to the first of our man on the street videos tonight. Uh, and we are going to get to the Cantwell interview, but we are going to take calls starting after this. If anybody wants to join us on StreamYard, Producers Club first. So we're going to wait till like partway through this video um, and see if we have anybody from the Producers Club calling in. And uh, then we're going to post that link to calling in on the public telegram channel, t.me slash Adam versus the man. Taking all callers. I know somebody wants to weigh. Is it? Do we? Do people? Ugh. I thought There's like a lot of comedy have, going on. on Facebook. We have really. Oh, Facebook is where the comedy. Yeah. Oh God, get off! Please, please get off Facebook. Stop! Get please, off of your, Facebook. Your get off of Facebook. Joey is watching. I'm answering people comments on Odyssey. On we are Odyssey. having this priority on Odyssey. Like, and, and cool we will kids. post the Streamyard link for calling in on Odyssey first, right? Talking about weed and stuff. So, uh, but no, I, 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 the two callers that we had on last week's show, uh, Woosh and Fina, were so amazing. It's going to be hard to live up to that. And I hesitate because you know, we think of this as like a political show, like, oh, it's a libertarian answer to a conservative radio show or a, a liberal radio show. And it's, it's like, it's really not in the way that libertarianism is not. A political message fundamentally it's ethics applied to politics and then all the living implications of that so call in and let's have a debate about kyle rittenhouse you know no we're not doing that 
People want to call in and talk about the bigger picture. Are we just having a chill evening tonight? We're going to have some fun watching videos. We had good comments. But we're going to check in with the audience and comments after this video. So, Jim, the video is, uh, this is the first one that is posted on Odyssey. She was great. The next one is going to be an Adam versus the Man live exclusive that we're not going to post until probably Friday. On Odyssey. But uh, it will be, yeah. That's that's the 14-year-old. The child. She was. Great. Uh, but the first one that we're playing tonight that is already up on Odyssey is called "Coming Together Over Hashtag Rittenhouse Free." Yeah, we can do that. I don't. I really don't. I'm like I. I've been to BLM marches, rallies, etc. I've seen the most peaceful people ever. I have been one of those most peaceful people ever. <laughs> Let's do it. I don't want to make a fool out of myself because I'm not informed because I didn't watch the trial. And I have a pretty large social media following and I posted about it and everybody's like, but did you watch it? No, I didn't. So I need to shut up. Well, that, that's a fair position anyway because it's not a pretty topic, right? No, it's not. Well, what's your name? Where are you from? And why are you here today? Really? I got to give all that information. I can't be. How drunk are you at noon? No, it's not even that. It's just I want to be anonymous, but that's fine. Hi, my name is Nanai Murari. I'm from Los Angeles. And what else did you ask me? Well, you can you can plug your social media, too, if you want. Sure. Uh, uh, Black Marriage Movement. I'm a relationship and dating coach. We have 250,000. We just reached that. Yay! And we are celebrating. Congratulations. So, so what was your overall take on the trial and the verdict? Uh... Tears, ugly tears that get you anything that you want, including away with murder. Um, again, I am admitting I did not watch. So you asked me for my impression. That was my impression. Sure. Having not watched, I'm, I'm admitting it. Um, but yeah, I just saw white tears getting you off and okay. allowing you to sure. shoot somebody. Well, separate, separate from the trial, then you said it was murder. So the, 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 the kind of crux of this is... Was it was it murder or self-defense, right? I don't think it was self-defense because didn't his mama and him grab the gun and drive, what, one, two, three states over? Wasn't there like an across-state drive with a gun? But the the self-defense argument, I'm you know, just advocating from, from this position, is that it doesn't matter what other circumstances are around it. Like, I could come here, you could go there, anything could be happening around us, but in the moment that one person is attacking another without provocation or justification, you have the right to defend yourself and that the circumstances with the Rittenhouse shootings were, were separate from him going there and separate from the, the other circumstances. Like if someone, that he was attacked with a skateboard, you know right? Saying? I disagree. I would not argue that they were separate. I would argue that the fact that you came with a gun into another state, decided to go to a rally, which was a rally that you totally disagreed with everything that was going on, to me says you were looking for trouble. It was premeditated and you were going to find something to get into and then scream self-defense. That's my honest take. If we're asking how I think, that's what I'm thinking. So does it, you figured out a way to make that work for you. Does it change your perspective that Kyle actually was just on Tucker Carlson a couple days ago? Pat, post the... Tucker Carl Fox News and yeah 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 you know no no I'll, I'll make I'll, I'll make faces too uh, the the human boat shoe Tucker Carlson no but Kyle Rittenhouse said that he actually supports the BLM movement I heard him say that I did read that it doesn't Matt I listen to me it there are just several facts that either line up or they don't um, because say for instance I'll give him a couple of points one of the points that apparently came out at trial was that um, 
I think one of the guys that he shot was a rapist or someone had like a sexual offender. It's not really relevant that's to the not, crime in the moment, right? You're still in my lives. You're still in my lives. Yeah. But yeah, well, that is. We, well, well, both of us, regardless of, can agree that there's yeah. a lot of bullshit being brought to the conversation. I'm saying, please don't piss on me and tell me that it's raining. I just, you know, so no, I don't. I think that there are certain things that absolutely might be present, but they're not relevant. Okay, so let's say that to the, absolutely. So to the, to the moment, right now. I just heard. I love it. I love it. I love it. So for the the moment though of self defense, like what you're saying is that going into a situation, something that Kyle did made it so that he gave up his right to defend himself in the I moment that someone that. drew a gun on him and, and someone started hitting him with a shotgun and he should have submitted to those attacks because of the well, circumstance. You're, go you're going way too far. We can start just like at one one. Just point number one. You can go into a moment expecting a fight, looking for a fight, and then, I don't know, if I walk up and brush you, now it's self-defense that you're punching me out. And I'm saying, yeah, you can do things prior to the actual moment of self-defense yeah. that, in my opinion, would muddy the verdict, muddy the water. So I'm, I'm with you on the general, like, de-escalation, right? Yeah. Like, and there's a responsibility, and, and that Kyle... Even de-escalation, premeditation of walking into... Okay, walking into any situation. You're either walking in as just a regular citizen who's right, going right. to... I'm, I'm in Vegas, I'm here to have fun, well, it's right? It's no longer a peaceful protest, because he didn't get brushed against. He had someone draw a gun on him, and he had someone, you know, hitting him with a skateboard. Who drew a gun on him? The, the third the third person that was coming after him drew a gun on him and was pointing it at him and when he was trying to avoid he Kyle was actually leaving the circum leaving the, the situation of conflict drew a gun on him got it did the person who drew the gun on him see that he was walking with a gun like in plain sight holding right and, and at that point Kyle was not aiming it or brandishing he was trying to remove himself from the situation and being chased. And he was being chased by someone who drew a gun on him. And if anything, he used incredible discretion by not killing a guy who's like, I mean, if someone's drawing a gun on you, let me, let me ask you this personally. Like, I'm gonna, yeah, I like your face. I'm going to make this hard for you. I'm going to make you think, right? You see this. Okay. So if it, regardless of circumstance, if you have a gun like in your, on your person, yeah. right, but it's not drawn, you're not waving at anybody yeah. and someone draws a gun on you, yeah. are you going to draw your gun and shoot them to defend yourself? Okay, that's a really good question. I think that that is part of what happened. I think that there's more to the story than just that. So that's what I'm saying. That's a good question because yes, if someone if someone draws a gun on me and I have a gun, yes, I'm gonna probably draw, draw the gun on them. I would hope that that never happened, and, and I never you hope the government would assert your right to defend yourself if you I, were being threatened in that I, circumstance, yes, right? I get that. However. My issue with this particular case is there is more information sure. than what you just said right, 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 that yeah. muddies the water. Well, so so that, that would, but that would, that would, that would. Do you, to me, the man came with a gun in plain sight, not a 44 or I don't, I don't know much about guns, not a tiny little gun that nobody could see, et cetera. He crossed state lines. He had the gun. He was going to a BLM rally and he was going to make trouble. And so for me, Whatever else happened, and I'm not saying nothing legitimate happened, because again, I didn't watch. Yeah. So I don't know what all the details are. But to me, he came looking for trouble. So you, so you talk about irrelevant stuff being brought in here. Let's let's 
deal with that? What are your thoughts on okay, what I do? Right. Yeah, yeah. Let me address that yeah. specifically is that if there's a provocation element to this, right? If he contributed to the circumstances by his actions, he shares some liability for the deaths, even if in the moment, right? But see, I would dispute a couple things that you said that, get, that make the case for his culpability in this. One, crossing state lines. Okay, so government draws a line on the ground and my rights change my what's right and wrong changes based on a government line on the, in the, in the, in the ground. It's more like you came from over there and we're ants. Okay, so it's not state lines. You're saying he came from a distance, but the thing is, he uh, the state line there, as as it is in in uh, in that city, in that community. You know, like, yeah, good good sense, yeah, good yeah, camera sense. Yeah. She she knows what's up. No, no, uh, <laughs> so that that he crossed the state line. He was actually in the larger metro or community area connected with that. So it's it sounds like a lot of what you, and, and that he went to the rally. He was actually guarding private a lot of businesses. What I'm is probably uh, circumstantial. He was guarding private businesses. He wasn't actually was at the rally. Payroll. You can't volunteer and help people. She's, do you, can't you do things as a he was cleaning graffiti earlier in the day? People say that they are, for instance, guarding anything when what they're actually doing is aggravating people. Like, why are you coming from state lines to guard something? That, I mean, it, it, it sounds a little George Zimmerman. Why does it need to be guarded in it the first place? I don't know. I don't know. Let's ask about that, too. What happened to create a situation where something would need to be guarded? On top of that, he's just saying it needed to be guarded. I don't buy that. I don't. I really don't. I'm like, I, I've been to BLM marches, rallies, etc., I've seen the most peaceful people ever. I have been one of those most peaceful people ever. I have also seen a lot of people come in who were not part of the rally yeah, and right. intentionally try to um, create strife and start, yes. uh, what's the word? Um, breaking things and things like provocateurs. Thank yeah, you. Saboteurs. I've seen yeah. saboteurs and provocateurs yeah. come in and start breaking stuff and seeing people who were organizers or who were actually official BLM escort them out of crowds and be like, you can't do that because they knew you're going to cause a bunch of problems from people who are doing actual peaceful protests. So again, there's a lot of, there's the a point lot of, of coming, This is the point of coming together here. That's really important. I think because this has become such a, a wedge subject a wedge story yeah so unnecessarily divisive like like we both can see there's a lot of other bullshit there's being brought in this for partisan reasons right? yeah yeah so I, in terms of bringing people together like i i think we'd like to say like, we both want people to have the right to self-defense we Clearly, want people I'm a, to have yeah, the right no, to I'm protest a second peacefully amendment, right, i'm a second and, amendment person i yeah and the fact that we're about that but i don't Mm, I want to let you finish. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, just I, I, I want to set you up for the last word. That's my job here. No, that that there's a, a, an element of hugely unnecessary divisiveness Agreed. around the subject of guns and BLM and self-defense and the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. And I, I would like to say, like, what would you want Rittenhouse supporters to know from your perspective on this case as a BLM supporter who wants him held liable for for provoking or for contributing and how would that connect to you know, the, the bigger blm cause you ask long questions there's a lot in there that is even nuanced with what you asked yeah. so there were some assumptions that are not necessarily who i am but what i will say is for the purpose of like unity i think people who support kyle rittenhouse need to know that on the other side are a lot of people with a lot of pain who see a lot of justices or excuse me injustices happening that should not be happening they see a lot of they see a lot of the justice system failing people of color people who are disenfranchised people who are not white males 
and it's upsetting. And then you watch white males get off all the time. And so every time that they do, it's upsetting and you challenge the system and it doesn't look like the system works for you. So that's what they need to know. And I'm not saying necessarily that that's your torch to bear or your burden to bear, but I am saying for the purpose of unity, if you actually want that to be unity, then take that into consideration. Have a little bit of compassion, a little bit of empathy, a little bit of patience when you're talking to people. Understand that we're all humans too. We're not monsters. And so we want to get along too, but we want to do so in a, in a way that's like equitable and fair for everyone and not just white males. And I'm being real, real frank right now. I, I can't believe how frank I'm being. I guess it's because of the, the this. But yeah, there you go. Because I'm that prototypical white male who wants to give you a hug. There you go. Thank you, dear. God bless you. We will meet. Oh, bad host. Muted mic. Party foul. Got to take a shot. Okay, so there was a moment there. There was an epiphany for me I want to comment on while, while Joey is yeah, there's like, she's supposed to be in, over there. Huh? <laughs> uh, no, but the epiphany for me was that a lot of the emotional response by Black America to the Rittenhouse verdict or that we were expecting, they really, I mean, like, there, was, there were a lot of people going, oh, my God, there's going to be riots. Oh, my God, there's going to be, like, you know, chaos in the streets, and it's going to be BLM mm. all over again. And it's like, it, it wasn't. really wasn't. Uh, but the, the legitimate outrage was more a, a sort of defeatism of, like, God damn it, really? Again, it's not that uh, I think for a lot of, I want to say, and this is a, again a crude racial demographic breakdown, but for Black Americans and people sympathetic to the Black American experience or over sympathetic to it, you see Rittenhouse get off and you're not upset that Rittenhouse got off. You're upset that Rittenhouse got off while the reality for a black man in that situation would have been he would have been fucked. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't have gotten scrutiny. It wouldn't have been as big a deal. And, that, and that's a run of the mill thing that happens all the time, right? Totally. That was your point. Just like, you know. It really did click for me and, and really in terms of empathy. And I think this is like, as much as I want to think of myself as woke to the black American experience from a libertarian ethical analysis and with a fair view of history and an understanding of the economic injustices and all the lingering racism and institutional racism and the legitimate complaints of BLM, um, this was still uh, a really important moment of, of empathy of me connecting with the black American experience. I mean, like it's a sort of exasperation yeah. at the unfairness of things. You just go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I look. And, I and the, one more point because Joy has a bigger story. She wants to. I want one more point to wrap my. points to make is that the the people who feel that a lot of Black Americans and a lot of BLM sympathizers and a lot of these actual crazy white liberal social justice warrior types, that's what they're feeling. Their their source of of negative feeling yes. of emotional and they of, of, of unfairness like... and injustice is so legitimate. It is so legitimate, and they're just fucking dumb. I mean, I'll say like. When it comes to articulating themselves to the standard that we might expect them to be able to, it's and so what comes dumb. out, it's, 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 they're, 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 in terms of the uh, in the inability, I'm going to substantiate dumb. But they're they're yeah. I, I have to specify. Done. I'm getting there. But they are they are by emotion and lack of education and just like I really I have a really good education. 
where I, I was challenged to stand up I and speak it's... in the back of the room and, and give my opinion and think critically and openly and have a higher standard of intellectual integrity. And they are just beaten down by modern education and, and, and bad medicine. Uh, it's not just a good song. Bad medicine from big pharma with psychotropics. And wait, wait, hold on. We saw this. This was an important statistic. I, I have to include this in the weekly podcast. Everybody's like, write this down. You, I'm, I'm going to say this. You know the numbers. This is going to be burned in your memory. And this is, it was buried in some other story I read that cited this as a statistic. By this one common self-reporting mechanism survey of Americans, are you feeling depressed? Pre-COVID, 8.5%. Currently, or as of October, it was like a couple months old that they, they were releasing that data. Less than a year. Yeah, but no, this October, yeah. it was like a mother. And, and it was in, in this, you know, less than two-year COVID period. It went from 8.5% Americans report, self-report, feeling depressed, to 30-something percent. It was it was 30 it was thirty and change. 30%. And it's like, but, but the, the way to think of it is Americans who report feeling depressed. Pre-COVID to now went from about one in ten to about three in ten. That's literally fucking nuts. Terrible. Those people then get what modern medicine has to offer with bullshit psychotropic medications, pharmaceuticals. They get and yes, of course, drugs now. better access to cannabis now is a mitigating factor, but the dominant mental health paradigm is still based around pharmaceuticals, antidepressants primarily, right? And but anti-anxiety meds, sleep aids, opioids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Although opioids, opioids are different categorically, but worse epidemic. And so then those people are in lockdown, shut down, and then they see you know the, the the George Floyd kicks, and that's what gave rise to what we saw as this first you know irrational emotional outburst. Maybe we're not seeing the huge response to the Rittenhouse verdict because it sort of got more rational. Anyway. Joe, you, you wanted to connect another story to this. Well, yeah, I, I wanted to point on her comment of having gone to BLM rallies and then being peaceful. And I want to agree and disagree with that. Uh, in 2020, I was driving all over the country. I mean, did you did 20 states through COVID just because fuck your regulation? <laughs> and I went to four different BLM rallies, Colorado Springs, Denver. One state there, right? Two in Colorado, which, by the way, total polar opposites. Denver, angry, angry shit show of people who had legitimate emotions. They didn't know how to properly express just losing their shit, right? Absolutely losing their shit. And while I don't condone the violence, I don't condone the looting, but I understand how people can be can led to that. Like, I, okay, I can, I can condone some of the looting. <clears throat> Not a lot. But um, Colorado Springs, completely opposite. Uh, you know, they had hippies with guitars sitting out front of City Hall, black, white, Hispanic, you know, everybody. And yeah. it was it was a smoking. It, it more resembled a peaceful smoking to me than well, than an angry rally. Uh, and this is a place just one hour, you know, north. Of we, we got into it a lot more after that on camera part of the video where but, we talked about saboteurs and provocateurs. Yeah, the big thing is, though, that, and that's what I was getting at, is I, I also know. went to Portland for the BLM rallies, um, and we were in, where was it? Somewhere in Northern California. Um, everywhere I went, there were men with guns everywhere. Everywhere. 
and they were protesters and they were just armed. So her argument of I've been in these protests and they're peaceful and you don't go there with a gun. Well, it's they're all right, except it's for the last. It, it, both sides. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There were in Colorado Springs, there were a, a bunch of white dudes with the, that were you know, strapped to the nines talking to the police officers. And it was a civil conversation. You know, they always send a good cop out to talk to the protesters. That's a good, that's a fun little thing that they do. They send a good cop out to get all the info, right? But but no, there were there were guns everywhere at four different uh, demonstrations, four different BLM de demonstrations in three different states that I personally went to. And the presence of a gun does not mean and it escalated. violence. It, Just it, like it the escalated. presence of cannabis does not indicate right. a criminal. Well, it, like the guns in those situations, from what I saw, sort of escalated the tension and the awareness, but it also de-escalated the instability and the violence because everybody was like. Sort of self-conscious, like, well, if I, if I fuck I'm around, so I'm going to find out. It really did have a a peacekeeping effect. Although I'm, I'm still, I mean, as, as a libertarian, of course, right to, to self-defense, how you see fit, absolutely. But I don't know, it's such a waste of value all around. I think of like just the wasted resources and the bullshit and the energy. I just want to scream, grow up, people. Please, 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 please grow up. All right, we have a comment here. What is this? Samuel K. Why are we doing podcasts on Facebook? Everybody's on Facebook. Facebook. It's because, look, Odyssey, you guys, if you're frustrated that you can't comment on Odyssey, you can, and I'm watching, and I'm answering directly, and we're reading them. We just can't pop up. This is funny. Good point with the protesters with guns. It's only okay when the left does it. No, it's only okay when we do it. Look, I'm going to put on this right, point, too. That the right does really suck at protesting, but so does the left. Like, I have so many problems. And when it comes to gun protests, I remember, was it in 20... The right can't protest, the, the right left can't And the right... <laughs> there, were, there were thousands of armed Republicans circling the state house in Virginia because they were threatening a gun grab. And it was so perfect. Like, wow, this is great. This is peaceful protest. This is everybody armed, but peacefully surrounding a, a, a state house, taking back their state house. Like, this is going to be epic. And what did they do as soon as they hit the cops law? They stopped and hung out and asked how their wives were doing. And then everybody went home. And I'm like, you guys literally had like 5,000 armed, peaceful citizens there surrounding a state house that you could have taken peacefully, walked into peacefully, and really made your point. Like, yeah, you were right there and you dropped the ball. You dropped the fight. I don't think ball. it's fair to criticize Joey of people like that. But yes, I. It's like because they're you're, you're, we always expect more of each other as activists as we always expect more of ourselves, but ultimately what we want to say is grow. We want to take callers, so callers. If, if oh wait, we got we got a message from Jay. Well, I'll get to that while we're watching this next video. Oh, Jay is didn't get our message because he's driving through the Colorado mountains in a snowstorm. Oh, that's never. So, yeah, he's got plenty of wind, I'm sure, right now. Okay. Anyway, Jay Nygaard, the turbine guy, grow, go greenenergyonline.com. And, uh, but grow the fuck up. Speaking of grow the fuck up, we have a five minute video premiere on uh, Anniversary of the Man Live that uh, you will not see anywhere else, at least for a couple of days. So, Jim, on this one, I, again, this is when an innocent child realizes government is dishonest. Hashtag COVID. Roll take, please, producer. I see a lot of gears turning in your head right yeah, now. You want to explain that? Yeah. 
I don't know. <laughs> like now I'm just confused now. What's your, what's your name, where are you from, and why are you here today? Uh, Valeria, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and um, I'm just here with my family, just walking around, so. Right on. And you said that you're vaccinated, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Which one did you get? Uh, I got the P-Pfizer. And why did you decide to get that? Because why not? Like, I mean, I don't really like to wear masks and stuff. I mean, as much as I encourage it, obviously, for those who aren't vaccinated, of course, like to prevent the COVID spread and stuff, um, I feel like vaccination... It's obviously like, it's not a cure for it, but it'll obviously help you from like getting it and like... Obviously? Yeah. How do you know that? I don't know. Like... I mean, I just want to know, like, what's your source on this? Who told you that? I don't know. Like... Like logical, I feel like. So... Wouldn't it be more logical that it's having the counter effect if you see that there are countries where, like Israel, they're super vaccinated, or states like Vermont where vaccine rates are really high and yet COVID's back up? They're having surges. It seems like logic would dictate the more vaccine populate, more vaccinated the populations, the, the the higher COVID is actually. Wait, what? I'm sorry. Wait, say that again. Mm. Well, so there are places where vaccine rates are really high, right? So you said it's obvious, right? You said it's obvious that, that vaccines make the COVID situation better, right? Well, at least protect you from, like, its effects, right? I feel like... Well, who told you that? I mean, it's a vaccination. Aren't those what vaccines are supposed to do? Well, so that's what they tell you. But, like, if a mugger comes up to me and says, you know, you're supposed to give me your money because I said so, like, that doesn't make it correct or true right so uh, I, i'm just let's examine like where did we get this information that vaccines are safe and effective and working the cdc the cdc so the government agency yeah yeah do you trust them uh, yeah i mean yeah does uh, can i ask how old you are 14 14 yeah yeah so you haven't studied much history have you in, in, in georgia what kind of school do you go to uh dhs yeah. high school so it's a government school? Well, yeah. 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 So do you think government ever lies? I mean, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories and stuff, and like they are sketchy with a bunch of things. But I feel like, on terms of like vaccines and stuff, I don't know. It's actually pretty weird. I don't know. It's a good question, right? Like, who do you trust? Yeah, I know. Yeah, the. And the these are the people who control your education entirely. Yeah, I know, I know. They're not going to tell you when they screw up, right? Yeah, yeah, obviously. So, yeah. if you if you look at history of government and you find out that it's they lie a lot, and you look at like the history of pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer, you see that they misrepresent. They that's how they say lie in, in pharmaceutical yeah. terms, right? They lie about the effectiveness of their drugs. They lie about side effects. They lie about things like that. I see a lot of gears turning in your head right yeah, now. You want to you explain that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, now I'm just confused now. Ugh, so annoying. Well, you're 14. Yeah. You've, you've, the last two years have been pretty tough, right? I mean, all the COVID silliness. Yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. Do you feel that your economic prospects, your life prospects have been harmed by the, the response to COVID? I believe so. Yeah. I, I don't know. And they want you to think it's worth it, right? Like, well, we're sacrificing, but we're saving lives. Yeah. 
would you be pretty pissed off if you found out like we were being lied to about the death numbers and the statistics and the effectiveness of the vaccines? Oh yeah, obviously, yeah. And that billionaires were getting a lot richer. I mean, you know, you've heard of yeah. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk getting super rich and going to space while the rest of us are down here on Earth lockdown. Yeah. We're carrying masks around yeah. and you're vaccinated and you still got to wear a mask in the casino, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think I can go in the casino. <laughs> well, because I'm 14, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I'm weird. I'm there's, weird. there's a lot of stuff about this COVID policy that just doesn't add up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you going to do your research on it? Obviously. Now that, yes. All right. Final word is yours, dear. What? Is there anything else you'd like to say? No, no. You're going to go do your research before you say anything else, right? Yes. <laughs> good <laughs> good okay. answer. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, can't, I can't change the fact that I'm vaccinated now, so. It's true. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Good luck, dear. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, thanks. <laughs> we will meet that challenge with courage and love. And as always, we the people will prevail. So that's what I'm really looking forward to posting. I, I was afraid I was talking too much and kind of going over her head, but I was able to give her back, you know, like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk going to space and all that, right? And then Rich getting well, rich. Like, it was it was really interesting. I was like, look, I want to applaud her mom that was off camera because not only was she like, go ahead, go ahead. And what happened before the camera like really went on was, you know, I was just asking everybody that passed and this happened to be a whole family. And the girl looked, and she turned around and mom wasn't like, what are you doing? Like she let her make her own decisions and be on camera and didn't butt in. And that was, it was good. Very awesome display of good parenting and happened off screen there. So. Well, I suppose go. once you're uh, walking around with your 14 year old kid in, uh, you know, on the strip in Vegas, you've kind of accepted that. I mean, you're, you got like strippers walking down there with their butts and tits hanging out of like, what do you call them? Go-go girl costumes? Or? Uh, showgirl. Showgirl costumes. Showgirl. showgirl, thank you. Yeah, the showgirl. Which are fabulous and elaborate mm. and awesome, by the way. And available. And the male strippers are still a thing there. The but I don't want to talk to, like, buff, half-naked dudes every time we go to Vegas. So I'll get old. They recognized <laughs> us. That was fun. That was fun, yeah, talking to Leo. Leo, uh, at, the, uh, at that intersection that we like between Caesars and the Lane. Yeah. At the uh, the digital sign, really between the What's it called? the link it's and uh, Margaritaville. That little strip there is called something. No. Oh, the the alley, the alley, but we're not allowed. It's at the end of the alley, really, where there's. So I've I've filmed in there, and it's a pretty cool walking area that would be great. Uh, but it's all like <laughs> private property, and so they don't allow filming without a permit. But once you get to the main sidewalk, they don't they don't restrict that. So. Um, with that, uh, any other comments we got to get to before we get to this Cantwell interview? Nothing, nothing. Nobody wants to call oh. in and join us. That's weird because we had such great callers last week. Yeah, that was <clears throat> unusually good callers last week. All right, well, here we go. Let's see if let's see if uh, if this just playing this on my phone works. This is Christopher Cantwell, Christopher, the crying Nazi Cantwell, calling us from in jail. About an hour before the show this evening. Start the conversation now. Hello, my friend. Hello, Mr. Cantwell. I'm. Uh, I was expecting to hear from you. Such wonderful timing. I, I, I'm uh, sorry for your unfortunate circumstances, but very much looking forward to your update. How are you doing? I'm. I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, it's hard to uh, obviously hard to call anything a win when you owe 
know, over half a million dollars to Antifa. But uh, uh, I don't think that they can uh, properly claim uh, the victory that they're attempting to claim either because, um, you know, their their narrative actually didn't prevail at the deadlock on the, uh, the top two allegations there. Well, so, Mr. Cantwell, we're going to be we're, we're going to be broadcasting this recording uh, live for Adam versus the man in uh, about a little more than an hour here. And uh, we're going to, of course, give the basic mainstream media update version of, of what we've seen. And I've seen the jury's documents where they filled out the form and the various checks and numbers and things like that. Uh, but before we get any further into the, the, the bigger picture analysis, can you, can you give us your thoughts on the actual explanation of the verdict? Because it is complicated and uh, confusing uh, at first glance. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's kind of incoherent is the truth of the matter. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I need to address it in my motions going forward, okay? Um, and they actually didn't give me a copy of that before I left the courthouse, so now I have to wait for that to come in the mail on a holiday weekend. Mm. So, but here's my understanding of it. They deadlocked on the top two counts, which are the federal uh, conspiracy counts. These are what are commonly known as like the KKK laws, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, the, the entire thrust of this case was, or the, 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 the main narrative surrounding this case was the Nazis came to Charlottesville to terrorize minorities, okay? Right. And that's not true. That was never true. Nobody who knew anything about it ever believed that. And it was a... Now, I, I wanted to dispute this, but I want to let him talk, right? They didn't come to Charlottesville to terrorize minorities. Um, yeah, they did. Uh, it, it's a very subjective definition, but by my definition of those basic words, it, yes, it was... If, come if you come there to organize... If, if you come there to Absolutely. march in the political context and, you know, Jews will not replace us, you're targeting a minority done uh and, and you, you are and doing so in a way that's clearly intended to invoke fear to achieve a political outcome so that Absolutely. that is sort of really the definition of, of of terrorism and i'm not saying that it's now terrorism well threat of violence yeah i mean is, is it is, at what point is it sort of illegitimate terrorism versus defensive terrorism hypothetically right uh but no this is this is there was an intent to create fear whether it was by violence or threat of violence, I would sure. say, yes, it is by violence. The thing is, no no status will acknowledge it because the kind of violence that they are advocating is status violence and I'm against every form of status violence, whereas everybody else in this, in, involved in this goes, well, I'm for my flavor of status violence. It's not Nazi flavor of status violence. <laughs> yeah, or that targets minorities, which is, to be fair, a particularly uh, offensive. I mean, if you're going to be an asshole... And then you're gonna be an asshole to people based on race. You're, you're. It, it, it's a little more offensive than just being an asshole at rant to random people, right? It is, especially in in where they were at, Adam. I don't know if you know, but that that is the main foot strip mall hub in Charlottesville. So anybody who's coming through town or in town is in there. There's outdoor seating areas for bars and restaurants. It's very disruptive. Like clearly trying to incite fear and discomfort yeah the ears and all now, and, and in a sense that it's it's sort of legitimate i would say they had like, a permit though, is it, so is it's, it's, free, okay. you know, it's freedom of it, there is the freedom of speech element like, you have okay you have the right to express it so like in in that sense i would say that the, that if you're threatening the, the the violence of i will defend my property and shoot anybody who comes on my Look. property that's like that's a threat right but it's a legitimate threat. It's a threat that I will do violence in defense if necessary. 
And then it becomes an argument of, is, it, is, it, is there an act of aggression here? And obviously the point of this trial, just to remind people, is yes, someone was killed really? in vehicular homicide. People were injured. The question is, at what level of connection to that person and that event do you have culpability? Sure. And and that's what we're and, about to hear Cantwell explain in these various charges one through six. And I want to clarify before you go on that for, you know, it, it, you're right. It, it, you did come with the intent to terrorize a group of people, but the left does that too. When the left goes to an abortion right. clinic to, to we have higher they are going to terrorize yeah. women getting abortions. Yeah, we, well, we're, saying that the, we're, we're saying that so if you're going to use the word terrorism, instance. if you're going to use the word terrorism with integrity consistently, the government is the biggest terrorist in the world. Yeah. So when the government says, uh, we're going to make cannabis illegal, which means that if you smoke it, we're going to send men with guns after you and women and then lock you up and and, and threaten you violence. Dog. They want you to be afraid of violence, the threat of violence to achieve their political outcome. That is the very definition of terrorism. The only way they get out of the saying, well, terrorism is only when a not government actor does it. And it's like, well, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that makes it ethically okay? No, uh, no, it's not like magically okay because government does. That would put people so, signing on Pharaoh. So we, we as libertarians, now. are taking an inclusive concept of terrorism in the sense that a, a politician who goes, "I want weed to be illegal, and I want every cop in Texas to be able to pull everybody over and give you an angled cavity search if they smell weed on you," to, uh, to me, that's terrorism. Absolutely. So. Anybody who's in that category is committing terrorism. Now, racially motivated terrorism. Yeah, that's how this is different. <laughs> and well, yeah, obviously it's different in the, that it's Nazism. It's it's honest national socialism as opposed to pretend not dishonest national socialism when it's Republican or Democrat. It's, it's government yeah. lie, and we proved it to be a lie in court, which is why they were unable to find us liable on those top two counts. Okay. okay. The, the, the counts... The five and six were only against James Fields. Okay, James Fields is the guy who crashed his car, and he pleaded guilty. You know, it, it's important to note James Fields went to trial, pleaded not guilty in the city of Charlottesville. He was found guilty nonetheless, and he was sentenced to life plus four hundred and nineteen years. Okay, right. then the federal government said, "We're going to charge you with a hate crime, murder. We're going to kill you if we find you guilty, or you can plead guilty and you can spend the rest of your life in prison without the possibility of release." Right. And so not, and not, not wanting to die and realizing that he was going to spend the rest of his life in prison anyway, Mr. Fields pleaded guilty to the murder charge. Mm -hmm. uh, he is sentenced to life without the possibility of release. And if he and if he contradicts the terms of his plea agreement, the federal government will re revoke his uh, the terms of his plea, but keep the guilty plea. In other words, if he says I didn't do it, they'll kill him. Okay. So right. James Fields was unable to testify in his own defense. Okay. So if he, if, he, if, he, if he makes exculpatory statements and he says, I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt anybody, he'll kill him. Now, now so, just for just quick, quick question in, in the field's case of this or his, his dimension of this. <clears throat> if he doesn't have any money, if he's indigent, he's in jail for life. Uh, does, does he have any even motivation to defend himself in a civil suit like this? Or does he have some other funds or other motivation? You know, I can't uh, I can't speak intelligently to what goes through the mind of Mr. Fields because I don't know him. But um, you know, if the guy's spending the rest of his life in prison without the possibility of release, then there is minimal uh, minimal reason to uh, put up a defense in a case like this. And certainly, 
no reason that would overcome the circumstances of this plea agreement. And he makes his culpatory statement still execute him. So obviously any any advantage he might gain from you know pleading his innocence is obviously right. by the fact that he'll die. Right. And so that's kind of the idea. Now he had an attorney who had, had sought to withdraw because you know he can't his client can't pay him, and the uh, and the court uh, forbade the attorney from withdrawing. So there's a, a man by the name of David Campbell who represented James Fields who represented his interest in court as good as he could under the circumstances of the plea agreement. If James says they didn't do it, he'll be executed. So the guy just steps in and says, look, you know, uh, I'm just basically here to talk about the amount of damages that these people are requesting. Right. Some of it is not really real. And by the way, there's no point in giving to damages because there's no deterrence effect because Mr. Fields will never be released from prison. Right. right. So basically all, all Mr. Campbell had to do. Okay. So that being said, the final two counts, five and six, were only yeah. against James Fields. Assault, battery, and intentional infliction of emotional distress on, on James Fields. The, the, the death of the girl was a part of this case. So three and, and four so, is where it gets interesting. Right. Okay. Now, but but five and six is where the bulk of the damages come from. So right. if you watch the you know watch the mainstream media say twenty five million dollars. Well, most of that is actually to James Fields, which is pointless. It's it's. It's punitive damages in excess of three hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is against Virginia law. Virginia law limits punitive damages at three hundred fifty thousand dollars. So James Fields is not does not owe twenty five million dollars. Right. And by the way, he's only oh, well. There's, there's one other big point here. I have a fun story about Virginia yeah, well, law and financial caps that they ignore. <laughs> well, in this case, it's 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 almost all irrelevant and i did get to ask cantwell the question would you just accept like like if, for example joey if the government said right now like you owe some million dollars bitch any money that you ever have in a bank account we're just going to take you'd be like okay well i guess i just cool. I don't get to use bank accounts right that's, that's fine you know, yeah. and that does that is limiting in some ways. It's also liberating in some ways. It is. It kind but of makes you pirate. That's basically what they'd be condemning Cantwell to. And in a lot of these groups, like the, the, the groups that they just came in partially. They're just gonna declare bankruptcy and disappear if they're gonna if, if they don't bother to fight. It is a slap um, on the wrist if you think about it. Like nobody No, but it's it's like it's like a lifetime probation. Like you don't have access to the banking system anymore. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just in your own name. No, but there's a lot of people who live that way. Oh, yeah. Right. That's the stories of Virginia law. No, we're not getting into that. No, we're not. But there's millions of. This is what the government does to people. You're right. But this what makes it again. We can't kill you if we can't throw you in a cage. We're going to make it so you can't. Have the luxury of you don't get money. our system and your money. You don't money. get to play. You don't get to and be that's Babylonian. That's what they do. Yeah. yeah, you get shoved. You get exiled from Babylon. Exiled. Uh, shame. 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 But see, that's that's to my point is that the legal system and the news, the mainstream media's cherry picking of stories, yeah. has become uh, just so much bread and circuses. I'm afraid it's too good of a show. It's very effective. It's like it everybody. Works. People it's a sense of justice. Like, Everybody's sucked into that drama. And like just like we saw in Vegas, t- it's all made for TV. They will admit it. They will verbalize that they know it. That they know they're being fooled, and then they'll go, "Well, but I'm just gonna go do my." I'm just. Gonna that was why that was some, some of the most fun that was, interviews. And, and 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 that's the general sense. I think people they don't know what to do. They need to be okay. empowered. So. All right, back to Christopher. 
going to be he's only going to be on the hook for three hundred fifty thousand anyway. So it's stupid. The lie. Um, four and five. Well, hold on, Chris. I mean, I look. We, we I, I would say, and I think you would acknowledge mm -hmm. that if it doesn't have that rational explanation, it's because it's some kind of political posture. Well, it's exactly what it is, right? Okay. These people. You know, these, the, the, the lawyers who did this, you know, one of these, one of the lawyers, Roberta Kaplan, literally worked for Andrew Cuomo and had to resign from the head of some feminist organization, which was caught defaming his accusers in that like, sexual assault scandal, okay? That's who these people are. They're, they're Democrat Party apparatchiks. And so that's, who, that's who's doing this. And they're doing it because, you know, they want to be able to use these things against their political opponents, right? So um, it has nothing to do with the truth. And that was made obvious throughout the course of the trial the things that they objected to stuff like that trying to prevent the jury from knowing what happened and so um, you know that, 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 that's the motivation for the entire thing and every victory they claim is basically just it's all narrative okay but they lost the narrative because they didn't get counts one and two right mm -hmm. so count three is civil conspiracy and, and the idea behind that is um there's, a, there's an allegation that would conspire to break any one of like half a dozen Virginia state laws, which includes like unlawful, you know, false imprisonment and assault and battery and stuff like this. It actually has no racial connotation to it whatsoever. Okay. Um, and then, and then four is just like like ethnic harassment or something like that. Okay. And so, and, and interestingly, what they did was uh, they they asked the court a question during their deliberations about count three, and they said. Um, can we decide who plug punitive damages, what plaintiff punitive damages will go through? Okay, so if you look at this form, it says, how much does each plaintiff get in compensatory damages in one section? And then the next section is, how much does each defendant have to pay in punitive damages? Right. Okay. It doesn't say, you know, such and such plaintiff gets this much in punitive damages. Punitive damages are taken from... Uh, defendants and punitive and compensatory damages are given to plaintiffs. And so um, they have, can we say, like, okay, punitive damages will go to this one and this one, but not this one. And the judge said, no, but um, punitive damages will only be shared among plaintiffs who get compensatory damages. Does that make sense? Sort of. So, all right, so what they did was, in count three, they said, okay, this, defense, this plaintiff gets $1 in compensatory right. damages. This plaintiff gets $0 in compensatory damages. And they did that for, you know, all nine, nine plaintiffs, okay? Right. And then they said for each defendant, each individual defendant gets half a million dollars in punitive damages, and each organizational defendant gets $1 million in punitive damages. Right. Well, the people that they gave $0 in compensatory damages to in count three get nothing from the punitive damages. And that's important to know because they denied uh, Elizabeth Sines and Seth Wispoli um, any any resources to do with that count. And that's worthy of note because I completely destroyed these people on the stand. Like, Seth Wispoli is like a fake priest who came in and testified that he was all psychologically... So you're, you're, saying, you're saying that the symbolic judgments of $1 and the judgments of $0 were the jury deciding in your favor as a victory that their damages were not legitimate. Is that correct? So it's, it's hard for me to say that it's a victory when the court says I owe $700,000. Right. No, no, I, I just mean on this count with this, this element, is that, is that how you interpret? There's an element, there's a, the jury sent a message, which is these plaintiffs are liars and we're not going to give them rewards for lying. Okay. 
that they yeah. realize that I have exposed these people. I personally exposed them as complete frauds on the stand, and, and the jury reflected that in their verdict, which right. I think is a personal thing, right. in a sense. So that's a little bit of a silver lining for me. In count four, this is, there's some confusion, and I, and I think this will be the subject of some dispute, because count four is where they lumped in everybody's compensatory damages, and then they said everybody owes 200 grand or whatever on top right. of this where $700,000 is... In count three, they want me to pay $500,000 in punitive, and in count four, they want me to pay $200,000 in punitive, okay? Um, and so, but, but count four is supposed to be like, it was like a count of harassment or something like that. And since their compensatory damages all stemmed from the car crash with James Fields, it, it seems kind of like ridiculous to say that you're owed you know, $200,000 of medical bills because you were harassed, okay? So the, the verdict that the they came back with this kind of nonsensical it's going to be the subject of its own legal battle is kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to convey there um, yeah so that's the uh, that's, that's that's my no what's interesting to point out just quick thing here is that the next step of this legal battle for the defendants is no longer going to be them against the plaintiffs it's them against the state for the punitive damages it I, I mean I want to say, does that make sense? And it's like, no, it really does not make any fucking sense. But do you understand that? Like, yes, that the people who saw themselves as the victims in the Charlottesville incident, aside from the people that were legitimately injured, right? Um, and that, again, all on the driver with that. Um, they're not, they don't have standing now to get any money from Cantwell and and pretty much the, all the rest of the defendants, I think, except for Fields in this case. I might be missing some element where some of the money goes to some of them, but all the judgments are like $1 or $0 there. And it means that now the, the state basically used their victimization or perceived victimization to say, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, let's let's get a jury together and judge punitive damages for these. You know, it's like... And it's not going to the alleged victims, it's going to the state as this because society is the thing. Oh, please. I I mean, yeah, I hate everything about this story now. Like I like real everything. They're being blatant about it now. All right, let's finish this up. See if anybody wants to call in. Uh we do have a little head bag, <laughs> grab bag of headlines. We have a bag of heads. Uh <laughs> yeah. A head bag, you know, bag of heads. Oh, a head bag that you put over some. I mean, when you when you when you're you know putting them put a, put a bag over someone's head to drag them to a black site. You know, we have a it's a hood. Uh, yeah. Back to Cantwell. I'll go back to smoking and shut up. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of loose ends, and and uh, there are going to be ensuing legal fights over the numbers and and who gets what from where. And I kind of look forward to uh, hearing from you more periodically in this. Um, it is fun to talk to Cam. What do you think is? I mean, before you get to the implications, is there any money that's actually going to move any implications if these judgments are upheld, or is this all symbolic nonsense? I mean. Are you going to carry this as a debt and, and allow yourself to be indigent for the rest of your life if this is actually hung on you? By indigent, well, I, um, banks. So I expect that when I appeal this, I won't owe that money. Let me start with that. Sure. Okay. Um, but, 
My first thing I'm going to do is I have to file a motion to There's a due process problem with the amounts that I'm being held liable for as it stands. Once that amount is set at something that the law actually allows for, uh, and then we litigate whether I actually owe it. After all of that, then I must decide, um, you know, how I'm going to arrange my financial life. And for me to say that on the phone sure, with you sure. right now would completely be disadvantageous. And so right. That is, uh, you can only you know, close legal avenues. You know, I, I'll tell you this. You know, it crossed my mind early in the process to just default on this lawsuit because I, didn't, I haven't been given much reason to have faith in federal courts. Right. And and I and I and I decided to fight it, both because of the, the principle of the thing, and because I, I didn't want to, you know, live my life in this, you know, in trying to hide everything in cryptocurrency and be putting LLCs in other people's names and nonsense like this. I don't, I don't want to live that life. Okay, so, um, so Mr. Kent, well, we've we've only got a couple of minutes. If you don't mind me asking to jump ahead here a little bit, that what the loss that this decision represents. What I am most concerned with is the chilling effect if it sets a standard of liability for you organized event, uh, an event and, and said things we don't like that inspired people to do things that were legitimately criminal and caused damages. And it's that uh, illegitimate extension of liability. Uh, is that part of this? Is that the, the, the loss here or what significance do you see in it? That, that is the that is the purpose of it. Whether it's, it succeeds in that or not is another question. Okay. But, you know, I, I think that um, you know that there's some truly terrifying implications of here. Well, beyond the question of freedom of speech generally, you know, there's there's a Virginia for you. You know, there's a, there's a the last thing I want to say. We'll, we'll let Brad decide. No, I, I just I just thought to connect this to the the, the January sixth thing. If Trump's not guilty. How are these people found guilty? They they didn't make any more steps in creating this violence than, than Trump did. I mean, you could argue that Trump did more by by guiding those people over there. I still don't. Think oh, you, you could you bring Trump into it. I I thought I couldn't hate this story anymore. Uh, but I I just if you want to add apples to oranges in it, right? Like apples. It's, There's it's, so many. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many comparisons possible there. Oh. But my my point is, at some point, Cantwell <laughs> Cantwell is a smart and gutsy dude. He's in jail right now. He's gonna get out, and this is still gonna be hanging over his head. What he's getting out in a couple of years or a year or two, something like that, for the uh, for the online threats. It was he was doing. It's less than five years, something like that. He's doing. He's gonna get out at some point. And even if he's not out, he's able to speak effectively from inside. He has enough committed supporters who believe in him or his message. And I mean, I guess he asked me as someone who's like, I believe he's going to be interesting and relevant, and it's going to be worth using him as a foil and to debate against him on things. But I hope he figures out a way to like somehow turn and turn himself into the prodigal son of America somehow, or the libertarian movement, or you know, of of from Nazism to anti-Nazism, that he's going to be able to pull off some epic redeeming transformation. All right, that's the last thing. An ongoing effort that is shared amongst the most powerful elements of our society to suppress a political movement. Okay? That political movement has its roots in that time's nature. 
and it will not for long be suppressed. And, and, it, and it name that movement. Which one are you for? Which one are which movement exactly are you referring to with that statement? I I would say the, the right more broadly, but ethno nationalism specifically. Okay. And, Thank you. And and so I would say that's that so interesting. They have, yeah. they have their roots in the nature of the animal that is man, and you cannot prolong suppress it. And so the question becomes, how will these things be expressed? And at what cost, right? Because if they are, if you say that people cannot lawfully and peacefully hold a demonstration, if you if you deny men the protection of law and then hold them responsible for the consequences of that deprivation, um, you know, there something will give at some point. And the question is what and at what cost? And, I, and that remains to be seen. And I, uh, I do not <coughs> feel very good about contemplating the consequences effectively. All right, well, take the last seconds, whatever you want to say, sir. Send me money, klatf.com, and, uh, and uh, keep an eye on everything, because this is far from over. The saga continues, ladies and gentlemen, and I uh, I look forward to uh, staying in the fight. All right, well, we will be following it, and I uh, look forward to hearing from you again. Thanks a lot, pal. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for using securities. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted. That's the bait. The, the ethnostatism, I want to debate that. That's that's the bait that he represents for me. I'll wait till he's out or I get to sort of debate him directly. And maybe we'll have that. We debate each other. But we did that. Like, that was when I debated him in Florida and beat him arm wrestling. And I'm so proud of that. I that's It's like a goofy little thing I'm proud of. Because he's like two or three inches taller than me. And he was on, I think he was on meth and steroids at the time. Uh, he was a big dude. And like made me look small, but I beat him arm wrestling, left-handed and right-handed. So that was pretty fun. And and it was like, yeah, remember that time the cried Nazi got beaten by a Jew arm wrestling twice in a row? <laughs> yeah, that was fun. All right, no bragging about that. Do we have any comments we got to get to before uh, our critical headlines for the week there? Any no callers? Oh, no callers. Right, we have we have some comments in the producers club. I'm watching that. You're watching the conversations there. Double. I wanted to. I wanted to skim on uh, talking about COVID stuff. I. It feels, and I hate to say feels, but it, it it's starting to seem like the COVID narrative is. I, I can't tell if it's fading into the background or falling apart. But it's it's some combination of that. Uh, top headline on George Report today: Even in highly vaccinated New England hospitals, suffering. And you go even, and, and, and at some point, the disconnect in the mainstream media language about this is just overwhelming. Um, hospitalization set record again in Minnesota. It's like, well, if it didn't work the first time, why, why are we doing it again? Denver renews mask mandate. Um, yeah, Germany most full lockdown shot mandate. Italy to restrict unjabbed. Ron Paul had a tweet today that, uh, or yesterday, that, that Austria had just said, we're going to start restricting the freedoms of the unvaxxed. Oh, and then, oh, never mind, not the unvaxxed. Everybody. Oh, it's everybody locked down now. <laughs> uh, Fauci says changing definition of fully vaxxed to include boosters is on the table. Oh, we'll just change the definition of words. This has like a weird dystopian 1984 element, except I'm still hopeful. I don't see it like. Run as, as much as I see things 
like running away, getting worse, I'm still very hopeful. I see the opportunities for building something, you know, society surviving and thriving outside of Babylon, you know, better than ever before. Uh, a couple other headlines on COVID. Uh, new COVID variant with 32 horrific mutations, most evolved strain ever. Ooh. Ooh. Be afraid. Be very afraid. It's the Moo variant. No, is it, is it, no we're on something else. We're past Moo. Um, the next headline, I don't even know what this means. America's pandemic star loses some luster. I don't even think, was it Fauci? I don't care. Uh, New Zealand to keep borders closed another five months. They're going to be like, I, there is a, there is a reckoning on the horizon one way or another. I don't know if it's, I, I, I you know, the, the, one of the great libertarian fallacies in looking at historical events like this is expecting a, a moment of relief or release or revolution or, or some distinct moment. And, we usually end up being denied that satisfaction like cannabis. Do we, did we get to have a party with like, by the time cannabis is legal at the federal level, it'll, it won't be a big deal because most States will have already legalized it. And those that have it, it will, that, that are where it's illegal. It'll still be somewhat kind of illegal. It's going to happen in reverse right? of how it went down to begin but, with. And that's but, right. Yeah. Well, no, most okay, states, fair enough. Yeah, most but gradual, states have right? already yeah, criminalized cannabis before the federal. My point is, before. we're not going to get a satisfying. Oh, now's the day. It was no, illegal, we're not going to have like, an anniversary. And There's not going to be like war. this big celebratory. Right. And it's, a, it's the same thing with COVID. Like I, I'm expecting. I have. I, I recognize that as a libertarian activist, I am prone to this intellectual fallacy, whatever it is, that gives me false hope that we're going to have some that that. People are going to realize they were wrong and apologize. <laughs> they say, "Oh, you were right. I'm sorry. I didn't believe you." Adam, people no, apologize no, for slavery. no, like, no, no. But there is, and and our videos that we're going to be releasing over the next few weeks from yesterday's session in Vegas really do give me hope that even if there isn't going to be a pop or a moment of realization that, that the whole COVID thing was was a scam. And, and and there might never be because they might like there's there's whispers now, and this is just conspiracy stuff I suppose at this point. Um, but the, the the specter being raised of a, a, a better virus, like a deadlier virus, an actual deadly virus, and when when the um, when the elites stop gathering in public, then I'll be afraid, and and I'll I'll hunker down here. Um, but yeah, we got a, we got a comment from Neil, Neil Liberty on on Facebook. Don't miss the first time this. What are y'all talking about? We'll go back. We're wrapping We're up. Talking about whatever y'all want to. We're yeah, if anyone wants to call in, we got a few minutes. Jeff Mackey's uh, watching. He says, "Miss you guys." What Jeff were your Mac critical headlines for the week? What did you want to make sure we got? I just you know what I want to talk about. I wanted to, to. I know that wind's going to give us all the power. We're gonna watch um, TV again, all night. Long. Tonight's episode <laughs> of Adam versus Demand has been brought to you by. The wind. <laughs> now, I want to and talk about this, um, this Walmart CVS opioid crisis verdict, too. I, I yeah. The, people, the, 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 the basic legal decision. Basic rundown, and there's a article from the Daily Caller in the Producers Club. Oh, Jim's got it up already. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, there was a big trial. Years. 
uh, and I've spoken to a couple of lawyers that were participating in, in this. They were going after Big Pharma for contributing to the opioid crisis. And, and this has been in litigation for years. And they finally came to a uh, decision. And the decision was that it's Walmart and CVS's fault that everybody's getting too many opioids. So it's not it's not the uh, the doctors prescribing it. It's not the government that's literally, you know, mandating regulations to make it easier to get to them. It's not the pharmaceutical companies that are actually manufacturing them, lobbying within the government, throwing all sorts of money so that their drugs can get out there. Clearly, it's the people that are simply filling the prescriptions for all of those other people before me. And obviously, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so blown away by this verdict and not really because the it, it's the people on trial were the people sitting behind the judge's bench in this case right well so there are a couple so, things that that i think are important observations analyses in this one is that this is a fight among corporate conglomerate powers right you could say it's big pharma versus big retail right and sure. they just were able to pass the buck of liability on to big retail that's doing pharmacies, the actual retail distribution. And the, by the way, the whole thing is like- And this is a I jury thing too. Like let's, let's, let's back up in time now. This is manipulation a, of a jury trial. This is trial. a jury trial and, and I don't- Who cares? That's just how they rubber stamp it. That's just their, look, it's legitimate that we did it this way. It, I know it's not. I, I'm shocked by the, I'm not shocked if we're in public school, but we've gotten to a point over the past few generations where people really just don't know. Like there was a case where they sent a 60 year old man uh, in Missouri away for 20 years, a jury of his peers for growing two plants over the limit or something ridiculous like that. I mean, there's nothing. The guy died in jail three months later. Like these are what our juries are doing. And it, it terrifies me because a lot of my, like my cannabis charges, I've demanded a jury trial and, and the prosecutors hate that. And eventually they drop it. And that's been how I've gotten off of a lot of my shit. And now it's like, is that even work anymore? Do they have the public so programmed and scared that even juries are like, oh, well, obviously it's, it's Walmart. So I think the fuck it is. Are you, where did they find these well, so 7 the, to 14 The, the other thing to point out here is that it, there seems to be a very distinct shift to the power of pharmaceutical companies in the realm of all the corporate powers that are under the umbrella of the bankers it's now, remember the two holding companies we talked about, BlackRock and Vanguard, that own the majority of the mainstream media and the pharmaceutical industry in the United States. Yeah, to be clear, I'm not putting a bow on Walmart and CBS. They are guilty of plenty of things. Oh, yeah, this is just not one of them, as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's what, it, it really is what you think. What is the liability? And you mentioned all those other people. And you say, like, who's really liable? And, and in a sense, none of those people are, except the people threatening coercion in the situation and bag everything up, and that's totally. And so it's like, yeah, while you could say there's some, it, to those who are committing fraud, to the pharmaceutical companies that are committing, like, but, okay, pharmaceutical companies are liable to the extent they're committing fraud. But to the extent that they're selling products to willing customers who hurt themselves with their products, that's not you're not liable for that. No, absolutely not. No. Neither is Walmart, neither is CVS. Right. Here's the doctor who writes the prescription for the guy who comes in and says, I well, no, see, this. Now, see, I, this I is don't where, disagree well, with that doctor. Well, so like, maybe a if the person coaching, comes but... in and says specifically, I want this, then it's on the patient. And the doctor might be an enabler totally. and has some 
liability in that sense. There's, but there's there's also a category we could acknowledge where doctors are pushing the prescriptions and they're pushing the pills for the kickbacks and so, so, and, so or they're letting themselves be turned into pill mills, which is not like I don't have a problem with that. You being a pill mill because you're just helping people get around the government coercion. Yeah, it, that's it, where it, the buck stops. Who's the person the coercion who's using it? decision? It, it's it's yeah, it should yeah. Things. Uh, but it is it is a real tragedy that the the a combination of coercion and fraud have been used to get people hooked on bad drugs and and you know it's it, it truly is a tragedy. Uh, we should point out another tragedy: uh, the Christmas parade suspect. Yeah, I, I a meme I saw about that was that you, if you turn to the mainstream media for the day, the headline was you know. 40 injured, we have no idea what else happened. And then you go to 4chan, and it's like, we got the guy's name, we got his vehicle, we got his plate, we got his criminal history, we got his mugshot. It's like, we just call people on the scene. Mainstream media fucking sucks. Like, just like we've, like, and I, every blog site, like, there's a blog site out there that breaks every news story before any mainstream media outlet. Not only have we, yeah, it's a random. Not only we have we come so Ed Snowden came out and said that Google searches are basically useless now for finding relevant information. Yeah, too. totally. Like, and it's like, yeah, oh yeah, they don't really, yeah. If you Google that, it's only because like I, like I usually use DuckDuckGo, or I know that like Google's gonna give Google's me the like results. Start but it's like it's a it's a weird it's a corporate phone book now. Yeah. The corporate Google has become the corporate phone book of the internet. I think that's that's a rough summary of Snowden's point. But then also, uh, the point I, I made on Twitter was, we've come to this weird point where y- you know something is true by, or how, how do you tell if a conspiracy is true is if government is actively denying it. If they're actively denying it, if they're not doing it, they're going to be doing it in six months. That's some weird shit. Like, there's a fundamental shift in our reality. That was not true pre-COVID. No. I, ugh. Where was I bringing that back to? <laughs> uh, the fact that independent media had names and license plates uh, of the parade. Yeah, but we still don't know the motive. Well, but we don't know right? the motive. So, so it's well, you know this guy being... was a violent criminal, and I, he I don't care about that. I do. I absolutely do because there are people sitting in jail right now still. For cannabis, for cannabis, for for without a fishing license. For fucking child they let this guy out for a number of nonviolent crimes, and it is it is so typical in today's society for violent criminals to be let go, even for violent criminals who have violent charges and not violent charges to have their nonviolent charges dropped, and they get in trouble for the violent charge. I'm sorry, the violent charges get dropped in lieu of the nonviolent charges, which actually hold longer sentences. This doesn't make sense in in and I don't know why the world isn't screaming about this. And you because need any violent crime except even murder, even murder. No, but they're looking at the motive. motive. It's a it's a vehicular homicide, and they they I don't know if they're going to be able to turn this into a, a, a big wedge issue case because I think the guy was just like. Violent, crazy, reckless, and was like on a rampage and didn't really care to have any motive and was just angry. Like, that's what it sounds like. But um, if it turns out the guy was on psychotropic meds because some government county healthcare worker put him on that and 
the system let him go and didn't handle him properly. Then the story's going to get buried like Johnny Hurley. And with that, while we bring up Ed for our ombudsman segment, I want to show off our new Leave Babylon dog food regime. Can we do that here? Like we can. We totally can. I'm so proud of this. We we decided to, in an attempt to stop being so dependent on Babylon, um, stop feeding our dogs the, the the processed gross kibble that God knows what's in there. I don't think they say it, but again, it's it's a government agency claiming this. Uh, so in lieu of processed gross kibble we've decided that all the extra rice and beans and vegetables and meat because Adam doesn't eat meat. I, I barely eat meat, chicken, eggs. Uh, we're feeding it to the dogs and Adam's getting it ready right now. Should I, should I take the camera over? No, they should should I flip? Pop them, I yeah, flip, flip, right put Adam there. back up. Yeah. Flip, flip us, Jim. There we go. There we go. So we got, so we got this awesome giant metal food dish, like a feed pan. For, it's for horses. For, is it for horses? It's a feed pan for horses. For us, for four dogs, it's great. And so we've got these Tupperware. We just pull it out of here. And uh, yeah. It's oh, wait. Dogs eat, Time but... out. We slow cook this stuff. Like, it yeah. it's We just we fill a pan with, with all the stuff we need and just leave it there all day. That's, that's the amount of prep. Pretty incredible. And our dogs are eating like Kings and queens and dukes and royals. Yeah. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, Ombudsman Ed Vallejo. Uncle Ed. Hello, everyone. I've been watching the show rather intently and trying to trying to catch anything that just didn't seem right, and I'll tell you what, Adam is pretty spot on this week. I mean, I, I have no arguments whatsoever with anything that he has conjected. Um, I'm trying to ignore a lot of stuff that's come across the airwaves because it just, I'm fed up with it all. You know, the, the less that it affects me the less I want to hear about it, really. We have so much going on. We're trying to create a veteran service organization to stop guys from killing themselves over all of this bullshit that's thrown at them that they're having a hard time trying to discern what's the truth and what isn't. I mean, the, the biggest problem we have right now is there are too many people out there that trust commercial television okay i abhor abhor commercial television i hate it i hate it i hate it and it's it's tough for me because i like i like watching gordon ramsay's hell's kitchen okay it's just my thing that when i'm i'm eating or whatever i kind of i like watching that stuff but the commercials are killing me it's getting to the point where it just I can't I can't handle it. I, I gave up commercial television a, a couple of years ago, and I was so glad. I really was. One note on that point: it was a big deal for me years ago, and I've never looked back. I 
decided I'm never going to watch TV with commercials ever again. If I want to watch a TV show, I really have to, and I really try to be super conscious and limit that, like junk food or be conscientious, make sure I'm, if I'm going to watch something, that I'm getting something either spiritual or emotional or intellectual out of the exercise of I get something spiritual and junk. engaging with it. <laughs> yeah. But torrenting, torrenting, torrenting. <laughs> Learn how to torrent. Figure out a way that's convenient for you. Download the shit. Pirate it. PirateBay.com.org, whatever the heck it is. The other one that we use is RARBG.TO. R-A-R-B-G.TO. And it's the, the Mu symbol or the new symbol, whatever it is, it's a U backwards, the Greek symbol. If you just look up U-Torrent, is in the letter U-T-O-R-R-E-N-T. Put that shit together, figure it out. There's a there's a web browser, there's a desktop version. You know, like for my boycott Hollywood, it's, like it's not that I never watch movies. I, I mean, Joey knows this. Like, and we just binge watched the Pirates of the Caribbean series. That was our big guilty pleasure recently. You know, being like, I'm but I'm like, Dexter, right? For me, the intellectual exercise was like, what is this mainstream portrayal that people know? Because I I had only seen two, the first two uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Uh, but don't watch commercials. Don't pay Hollywood for movies. Download that shit. Please never ever. It's, it's brain pollution. You don't need it. If you're going to watch, and, and even there, I'm like, I have YouTube. I want, I want to get away from YouTube, even for like my woodworking videos and construction stuff. Whereas, like, if, if someone reposted on it on Odyssey or BitChute, I'm going to start watching Odyssey. it there because even the YouTube commercials are just getting fucking obnoxious. Terrible. I got to watch. 40 seconds of a video before I, I see a 14-year-old unbox the clue that their aunt sent them. But that's, that's, that's the reality. And they have like 4 million views. This okay, back to Ed. <laughs> I'm, I'm also greatly appreciative of, of shit-canning Major League Sports. Okay? It's, it's such a giant waste of time and effort and money. And, and it's, it's, it's so mindless. I mean, it's it really is mindless. You know, I, I got to jump in on that point because it's something I forgot. I really want to include in the show this week about COVID and and professional athletes. I think for a lot of the sheeple, they saw we don't really trust or like Fauci, but we trust and like our favorite professional athletes, our sports stars, our our like our movie stars, our celebrities, and we relate to them. And not so much celebrities, but oh, that well, the athletes who are healthy and the pinnacle of, of human athletic performance, if they're taking the vaccine and they're not dropping dead left and right, then we think it would be comfortable with it. And I think a lot of them never got it. I think a lot of them fake got it. And uh, that seeing, seeing stories like football quarterback Aaron Rodgers fuck with people now, like, and, and sort of the, the ones that are coming out refusing and being open about it. There is a conjecture that I've heard many, many times in many places that a percentage of the COVID injections, the MRA, mRNA, uh, gene therapy, whatever you want to call it, it's not a vaccine, but there's a percentage of them that are just saline shots. And that was to, number one to keep down the adverse reaction numbers, 
And number two, just to gain confidence in the people because the more people that are getting the straight shots, the more people are falling down dead. And I'm talking 20 and 30-year-olds that have nothing wrong with them and they get this shot and then they have heart problems mostly. This is definitely in the realm of conjecture conspiracy theory, but at this point, like, we kind of have to just to try to anticipate what's happening. But, yeah, consider the scary possibility that all the shots so far, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is likely because we have seen real negative vaccine side effects and we have seen there are the vaccine effects statistics in different ways. Terrible. But uh, imagine the possibility that, like, the first round of shots are basically all sailing shots. And then the second round is... The, the boosters, then that's when they really fuck with you because you are in the sort of lull you and well, or, or they make it the first round of shots deliberately just a little bit bad so that the people who are railing against it can be can still be. Adam froze on me. <laughs> anyway, how do we? I, Max Headroom. Oh, am I freezing or is he freezing? All right, well, no, Ed, you. if that didn't happen, me. I don't think it's me. Well, let's wrap it up anyway. I'm good for a minute, Adam. Take it away. Patron. Now we're going oh, we have a new patron supporter. Um, thank you, Bernie Yuppies, for pledging a dollar during the show live. All right, one more dollar a month to keep the well, we don't need money to keep the lights up anymore. Um, all right, with that, let's get Jim up here for one more round and producer notes. Snoop Dogg and Jim Freedom to the stage, please. Joey, Snoop Dogg to the stage, please. Oh, well, less government, more freedom. That's what Ed is sharing there. And oh, yes. my. I'm sorry about that. Okay, great show. Remove that from the studio. Let me remind Look, there's one thing our ombudsman did not catch. When we're talking about the cannabis deal. $33.33 an ounce. That's the weed that I'm choking on right now. As in, it is, it is like, I'm not going to brag about the quality. It is like top-notch dispensary quality. Not, not, not like, oh, super top silk, something special crazy. But it is like, it is there. It's like in the twenty percent. It's low quality. Yeah, it's such a craft grower. Small, private, organic cannabis. It's actually so. Just our ombudsman should have thought is that we we, in our price comparison we neglected a quality comparison. And let me just finish this. So we were some some of the hundred twenty hundred forty dollar out the door houses we were happy about were may contain seeds, and were mixed popcorn ounces. This is not mixed. No. This is very consistent. 
It's, it, and it's all super quality and like, yeah, $33.33 an ounce. Go great market. Deal. It's great. Now, time out. I will, you, it can get $45 ounces in California. So California's almost oh, got it. No, yes, you can in dispensary. It's been, Absolutely. Been but, taxes. I have a question. Uh, is, so, this some, is this something that... Got it down there in California. If you get the government out of their shit, they yeah. almost got it right there. We got the government out of there. Well, that's what we're smoking to celebrate. All right, Jim. Uh, is this something that somebody might be able to get in touch with you to, so that they could find a way to take advantage of it as well? Can we tell everybody? Is, is there a portal you can give people to access this market you're praising so well? Um, I don't think. I would say no. That's where I do want to draw a legal line because that's very okay. specific. But I will say generally, it's not hard. Ask around. Like, ask around. Go to dispensaries. Talk to – where do you get your stuff? I'd like to buy direct from a grower. <coughs> I'm going to stop selling to you. Like, or, or find someone locally who grows, someone you know, support your local grower. We should make stickers that say that, support your local grower. I think there are stickers. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there are very much. Start putting seeds in the ground, people. Everywhere. In the ground, a lot of states you're absolutely allowed to, and a lot of states have decriminalized growing. So look into that. Like you're literally facing the equivalent of a plane ticket if you get caught growing in most states now. So mm. look into your laws, people, and uh, grow your own weed and talk to your home growers. Cheaper to beg forgiveness than ask permission. If every single rooftop on the planet had solar panels and every single field of grass had cannabis plants, this world would be a much better place. <laughs> here, here. Anyways, join public telegram channel t.me forward slash Adam versus the man. That's how you can be in the know on everything that happens with the show. Financially support the show like that really cool person did that I already forgot the name of because I'm not cool like that. Join us on patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. You can do so live. You'll get a shout out live uh, by Adam as it happens, because as you saw, he can he'll he'll get the notification even mid show and make sure you're watching all the new content on Odyssey. And lastly, importantly, sharing that content. And like I said before, reminding your friends that yes, Mr. Kokesh is creating much new content right now. And it's all good. And it's 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 very engaging. I'm, I've been loving the the uh, the uh, the man on the street. Obviously, I just been loving the like the 14 year old coming to realizations. It seems like there's been a lot of that going on. And you know, we, that's what we need more of, sharing those. So Odyssey is where the – Odyssey is the new YouTube. <laughs> Repeat after me, kids. I refuse to answer any questions without the presence of my attorney. You think the children of my head have a kid. It should be every kid. I didn't even know you all missed out on this. When you were right, with that, we are uh, – I don't know. I guess we're still on our time based on our four-hour model we're working up to. It's been real fun. It's been real, and it's been fun. Mwah. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.